This week, it's not the years, honey. It's the Raiders of the Lost Ark. This is Body Counts and Beer. Hello and welcome to another edition of Body Counts and Beer. I'm Mark Rosenthal. I'm Patrick Bromley. You know me, same old G, John Rooney Taylor. <laughs> but that's a JRT. There's not even a G near those words. Yet there's no G at all in any of my name, but you know me. But you should you should spell it like like Geoffrey, like G-E-O-N. Yeah. Sure. So it's yeah. like John. John. Yeah. Like old timey knight or something. Right. Nice. I'm digging this, you guys. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm off to the social security offices. Bye. <laughs> All right. All right, Patrick. Now that it's just you and me, time to talk some shit. <laughs> uh, this week on Body Counts and Beer, we are discussing our very first Harrison Ford-centric film. We've done Star Wars and all the other Star Warses, but this is the most Harrison Fordy movie we've ever done. Mm. Uh, by the way, Harrison Fordy is the name of my new malt liquor brand. Nice. Uh, <laughs> this week we're watching 1981's Raiders of the Lost Ark. Man, I just don't understand how that movie's that old. <laughs> yeah. It's a one year older than I am. Yeah. Which is... I didn't think it was really, older than me. Really depressing. And yeah. now I'm... Uh, me being the young buck, I have never known a world without Indiana Jones. Oh, that's okay, I think. Because 81, all right, that's fine. It's the people who are just like, I've never known a world without the Simpsons. That freaks me out. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, that's rough. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the first episode of The Simpsons. Yeah, Simpsons roasting over an open fire. Sure. Yep. And I remember having the little, like, for some reason, like, uh, like kid reading picture book version of that episode. Interesting. Weird. It was very... Fucking, Simpsons merchandising is insane. Oh, yeah. It's oh, really sure. hard to explain that to people that didn't grow up with it, but especially, like, Bartmania of the oh, early yeah. 90s. That merchandise was fucking nuts. Everywhere you went, people were wearing the shirts that says, like, I'm an underachiever and proud of it. Right. Or do and, the uh, Bartman or Cowabunga. And see, you'd get in trouble at school for wearing those shirts. Yeah. yeah. Like, you were not allowed. That, that was, shit was subversive. Right? Yeah, man. That'd be like going to shirt and wearing that, that brand that was popular in the late 90s called... Uh, was it F- FCUK? FCUK, yeah. yeah. FCUK or whatever it was. Whatever, whatever it was. that was. And then you just walked around and be like, it's French. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, or like a Big Johnson shirt. You remember a Big oh, Johnson shirt? Oh, those yeah. good shirts. <laughs> oh, some top quality shirting. <laughs> Patrick Bromley, Big Johnson connoisseur. Oh, yeah. I had one or two. My brother had a shitload of them. No. He had the whole collection. Yeah, no. Big, Big Johnson shirt. Shirts were great. They went along with your brew-through shirts. <laughs> North Carolina's own drive-through beer store. <laughs> uh, so, uh, wait. Hey, they're harder to rob. They've, they've, that's very true. Yeah. Uh, so, also, why would you? That is a damn important business. <laughs> that's true. It's, it's a sacred trust. Yeah, no. This is consummated ground. You can't bring your guns here. Right. This I'm, is a drive through beer stand. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you say consummated ground? Yeah. <laughs> yeah they fucked that ground. That's <laughs> okay, right. Fair did. enough. It was an old pagan ritual. <laughs> so that's how they do things down there in North Carolina. Okay. That's right. <laughs> All right. Did you know that song? Way down south, we fucking up the ground. <laughs> Very literal. 
Oh, okay, yeah. good to know. This was before they invented putting pig on a lipstick. Or a uh, lipstick on a pig. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I should also say, I've got a cold, I've had some beer, and I can feel the day quill wearing off. So let's talk some Indiana Jones. Uh, so, Raiders of the Lost Ark begins, like all movies do, uh, with... Uh, Sweaty guys mountain, yeah. walking through a jungle. That's right. Uh, we see uh, a, a faceless uh, fedora-wearing man traipsing. Now he has a face. We just don't see it yet. Yeah. It's not Harvey Dent Two-Face walking around. Well, Harvey Dent has two faces. <laughs> I think you're thinking of no face from Dick Tracy. <laughs> he had a face. No, she didn't. <laughs> oh, I'm, sorry. I'm thinking of uh, Prune Face. Yeah, he definitely had a face. Yeah, it was a prune. Yeah, yeah, man. No, played by Al Pacino. Am I remembering this correctly? No, uh, Prune Face is played by um, I think it's like a Lawrence Tierney type. Like it's just a cranky old man actor. He was nice. out of the vat of Lawrence Tierney. Yeah, yeah. 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 Gotcha. Uh, Al Pacino plays uh, the main bad guy, Baby Face. Baby Nelson? something. No. Yeah, I don't know. Something like that. He plays the main bad guy. And then uh, Dustin Hoffman plays Mumbles. That's right. Opposite Warren Beatty. Yeah. Is Beatty Tracy? Is that yeah. He plays yeah. Warren Tracy. I couldn't remember that. And is Michelle Pfeiffer in that? No, or? Madonna plays That's right. Tess Trueheart, yeah. the crooner who sings a bunch of Stephen Sondheim songs. Her piano player, played by Mandy Patinkin. And then later on, you find out that No Face was Tess Trueheart. Oh, no. Uh, what? No, she's not Tess Trueheart. Tess Trueheart is Glenn Headley. She plays uh, Sex Pot Singer Lady. I can't remember. Here's nice. the thing. That was the time when movie studios were just like, shit, you guys, we have way too much money. <laughs> what black hole project can we throw it into from which we will never see it again? Mm. I don't know. Batman's real good. Perfect. Dick Tracy. Let's go. <laughs> also, uh, who stole Roger Rabbit was fun. So let's yeah, just who do did it. steal Roger Rabbit? <laughs> who framed <laughs> Uh, Christopher Lloyd steals Roger Rabbit in the movie. That's true. And tries right. to shoot him with uh, paint thinner, basically. Uh, Christopher Lloyd. He also steals that movie. National yeah, Treasure. he's great. Yeah, he, he really came is. into my house yeah. and he stole my copy of Roger <laughs> Rabbit. Yeah. But it was awesome, though, and he did lots of voices and it was so Ooh, cool. I made him say Great Scott. Oh, yeah, right? I made him say yeah. it. Yeah. I'm sure he loves that. <laughs> he probably does. Here's the thing. When they did that fucking Back to the Future cartoon, uh, Christopher Lloyd was the only one to be involved in it. No, not doing the voice of Doc Brown, appearing on camera for the, like, educational science segment. Yeah, that's yeah. right. He was the Captain Lou of yeah. Back to the yeah. Future. He had his own, like, Bill Nye-esque little sciences where he did uh, 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 little, like, experiments and stuff for the kiddies watching at home. Yep. Right. Like, fucking Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves didn't do that shit for the Bill and Ted cartoon. No, they didn't. But how great would it be if in between, like, segments on the Bill and Ted cartoon, <laughs> Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves showed up and then did science experiments? <laughs> or if they, or, uh, it, like, they taught you how to play a guitar. Right, right. <laughs> That'd actually be super rad. Right? Yeah. Well, there's still time. They're doing another Bill and Ted. Fingers crossed. Face the music. Apparently it starts shooting sometime this year. Yeah, I'm excited. Face uh, the Music is what it's called? It's called Correct. Bill and Ted Face, face the, the music. music. We went from, isn't it Excellent Adventure and then like Bogus Bogus Journey. Bogus Journey. Yeah. There has to be some awesome 90s adjective. It can't be Face the Music. Well, it's all about how old they've gotten. Yeah. Uh, the whole premises of the Bill and Ted movies is that 
in the future, the band they create, Wild Stallions. It brought so rock many and roll to you. Yeah. Uh, it's spelled with a bunch of Ys. Uh, they eventually write a song that creates world peace and is, uh, leads us to a techno-utopia. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. But now we find them in the future in their, like, 50s or whatever, and they still haven't written that song. Oh, yeah. gotcha. So gotcha. now they have to uh, uh, go, uh, presumably go back in time again to uh, in a phone booth uh, to, I don't know... Harangue Look, some the historical movie, figure. Movie sounds like it's, it's going to make yeah. me real sad for being old and also having wasted my life. <laughs> sure. Yep. Oh, yeah. man. Guys, don't Correct. do it to me. <laughs> oh. uh, so, Raiders of the Lost Ark begins. Now that we've given you all the background you need on who framed Roger Rabbit <laughs> and Bill and Ted. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we meet Indiana Jones, played by Harrison Ford. You know that. Everybody knows that. These are very popular movies. Um, yeah. yeah, but I didn't realize that other sweaty uh, jungle guy was Alfred Molina. That's right. Yes. I had no idea. One In his, his debut? I believe it's his film debut, yeah. Wow. Um, playing his, like, yeah, his shitty, like, sidekick. Like, guide. Yeah, yeah. and so they uh, they traipse through the woods. They evade a few traps. Uh, uh, a few uh, snakes, I think, or a few bugs. No, or no something. snakes yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. tarantulas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they get into this uh, um, uh, temple of some kind. Yeah, they evade like poison dart traps and stuff. They will a willow whip over a chasm. Uh, Indy dodges some. They have a trap that is if you put your hand, like you block the sunlight, uh, spears come out. Yeah, you break yeah. the laser beam. And yeah. so it sends a signal to the emitter to uh, fire him the darts. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and this is where you really find out that Indiana Jones's uh, most uh, notable ability is that he rolls natural 20s. Ooh, yeah, it's good stuff. Because uh, the spear, like, shoots out and would have hit him in the face had he not just been happening to hold a stick that blocked it. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, that's the dart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. puts the dart down on the pedestal and it just shoots right into yeah. the stick he pushed on. And he's then he, just preternaturally lucky. Yeah. Yes. He's like Domino from Deadpool. Yeah. 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 Or uh, Scarlet Witch from the DC or from the Marvel comics. That, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Controls probability. Is that. I thought that was Black Cat. Black Cat and Domino have probability. Black Cat also has probability. Yeah. But, like, Scarlet Witch is, like, she, for a while, had chaos magic. Right, and then hex Stephen magic, Str- yeah. Then Stephen Strange looked up and was like, guys, there's no such thing as hex magic. She's just been warping reality. Oh. And then it led to uh, fucking House of M. Oh, that's right. And Decimation. Uh-huh. And then that led to... I can't remember. No, that was post-Dark Siege. But yeah. then there was a secret war, and it reset everything. Yeah, secret war was way after that, I know that. Yeah. Anyway, The Jonathan Hickman secret war, not uh, the fucking 1970 secret war, you idiots. Or secret war 2. Electric Boogaloo. Yeah. The search for more secret wars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they, uh, what, you know this scene, you know this whole movie. It's Even very, if you haven't seen this movie, you know this scene, because it has been parodied to death. Yeah. Uh, but the best version is in UHF. The best version of most things in life you can find. You can find it all on UHF. That's true. Uh, fucking dynamite UHF lyric drop, John. Hell yeah, if you think I'm not gonna fucking quote the theme song for UHF? 
That uh, movie's great. That movie, I love that that movie stops to debut a new Weird Al music video yeah. for the Beverly Hillbillies song. Yeah. That's a, a cover, <laughs> that's like a parody of the Dire Straits Money for Nothing, including the the weird animated video. Yeah, the like 3D and blocky polygons. It has nothing yep. to do with anything in the movie. It's literally a dream he has. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. Which is great good because dream, the whole premise of that movie is that he owns a, like, a TV, a TV station. station. So it could easily just be a thing that's on the TV. Nope. <laughs> Not those polygons, John. They wouldn't be on TV until way later in the 90s. They were on TV in the Dire Straits music video <laughs> for Money for Nothing. Yeah, but he constructed his polygons purely out of guitar magic. That's true. Interestingly enough, when Weird Al, because uh, he always asks for permission to parody those songs, even though he doesn't have to, he does because he's a classy guy. Right. Yep. When he asked Mark Knopfler of Dire Straits, hey, can I do a parody of your song? Mark Knopfler said, sure, as long as I play guitar on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you can't let some other asshole pretend to be Mark Knopfler. It won't be the same. It really wouldn't. <laughs> Mark Knopfler plays guitar in a very weird way. Like, he plays electric hard rock guitar with, like, finger picking and stuff. Yeah. It's real weird. As if it were, like, a weird blues folk music yeah. instrument. And that's why he's, like, one of the best guitarists alive. Yeah. yeah. He's awesome. Oh, he's yeah. got all them microwave ovens. Ooh, and refrigerators. Yeah, and custom kitchens. Delivery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's also got a random sting. Did That's you just right. want a little Sting doing what Sting does and not irritating the shit out of you? Mark Knopfler knows how. Because when Mark <laughs> Knopfler called Sting and said, I like your song, Don't Stand So Close to Me, can I rip off that riff for my song? Sting said yes, but only if I sing it. <laughs> <laughs> it's all full circle, guys. Yeah, right? These are all true facts. Indiana Jones takes a bag of sand and replaces an idol with it. You know, an, the idol, it's a little fat man with really long hair. Yeah. Which is made supposed of gold. to be a fertility idol? I don't see how. I don't know. Uh, anytime Everything I'm, in this movie is solid gold, though. Yeah, right. well, I was going to say, every time you see a fertility idol in movies, they're always like fat. Like fat little pudgy men. Yeah, yeah there yeah, yeah, yeah. should be fat women. Yeah, well, but yeah, that's was, what archaeology actually teaches us. But it's yeah. clear, like it's like the head of a studio somewhere who's just like, "Well, that's right. All these fertility idols are gonna look like me." <laughs> I that's, hesit- my, that's my fat voice. I hesitate to think of which producer probably thought that. Uh, Weinstein didn't rise to prominence until the mid nineties. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> it couldn't have been him. Uh, uh, Granted, the chain remained unbroken when he got into power. Yeah, but it was this would have been this is the 1981, so it's probably like I don't know, like Ted Paramount or Steve MGM. Like Robert Evans was just starting to get like accumulate his power at this point. This would be just after most of his power had been accumulated because uh, was it Godfather and Mm -hmm. Chinatown had both come out. out. Uh, So this is like towards the end of his power accumulation. And speaking of like weird origin stories, I can't remember. So Harrison Ford, is his first movie Apocalypse now? No, his first movie... Oh no, it would have been... uh, He would have been in American Graffiti before that. Yeah. Uh, But he'd done like TV going back yeah, a little bit. Like, but he was pretty much out of the acting game. He was just doing mostly like carpentry work when he got hired on Star Wars. Right. Yeah, yeah. I've always heard that story that he was like doing cabinets or something, yeah. and yeah. was asked to read for Star Wars. And because it, it's like a weird thing where like he's in he's in Apocalypse Now, he's in American Graffiti, and you could tell that he had like a lot of charisma, but nobody had quite figured out 
how to make him a star. Yeah. Well, Who Apocalypse Now is... Apocalypse Now. He's... He gives uh, Martin Sheen his mission to yeah. go kill Kurtz. But that's post-Star oh, okay. Wars. Okay. Is it, I thought it was, like, right before Star no. Wars. No. When was Apocalypse Now? Because 79, I think. I thought that... Because Lucas was originally supposed to direct Apocalypse Now. I thought he dropped out so he could do Star Wars. That's terrifying. Well, I, They were going to let George Lucas direct they, Apocalypse Now? Francis Ford Coppola insisted that George Lucas direct Apocalypse Now. He was actually very upset that George didn't do it. And that that's one of the reasons why it broke his brain to do Apocalypse Now. Because he super didn't want to direct it. <laughs> And he was very angry to be there oh, man. at the first place. Then, you know, filming an active war zone. Right. And filming with active Marlon Brando. And with a heart attack ridden Martin Sheen. Yeah. But hey, Joe Estevez gets a great paycheck out of that. He does most of the voiceover in that movie. Oh, good man. Right. Good man. And, you know, classy yeah. Robert Duvall. Correct. Okay, so Apocalypse Now came out in 1979, but they started shooting in 76. Yeah. Around the same time they were shooting Star Wars. So it sounds like George Lucas like lent his buddy Coppola, hey, just take this guy over here I got playing the Han Solo that no one's going to care about yeah. to do this one scene in your dumb movie. Yeah. Sure. But yeah, it's, it's kind of incredible that Hollywood hadn't really... This... The Harrison Ford kind of like world-weary, swaggering kind of leading man hadn't really existed since Bogart. A little bit, yeah. I mean, mean, you had like Steve McQueen in the 60s. He was more of like like broken tough guy. Uh, Yeah, he was more. There was no no cool sarcasm. No, Steve McQueen was cool guy. Paul Newman was cool. Definitely cool guy. Super cool guy. Paul Newman's hard to call an action star. But he didn't do much action stuff. You're right. It's real hard to say that he did action. Maybe James Caan and Rollerball. (laughs) I mean, the 70s were such a weird time of greasy, mustachioed people we don't want to act like we ever idolized. Yeah. That's who Charles Bronson Charles had Bronson. a run for a while. <laughs> That's also when you get the serious Chuck Norris movies are all late 70s. Late 70s yeah. and early 80s. 80s. Well, yeah, I mean that's when he starts, yeah. yeah. The 80s are really his time, the canon for like stuff. Delta yeah. Force, yeah. Uh, probably Gene Hackman in French Connection like 71. Yeah. Yeah. He's pro- like that. He's your most prominent action star, action yeah. action star of the 70s by virtue of being Popeye Doyle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it's 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 just a, a really incredible revelation what Harrison Ford kind of brings in sure. this genre of movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I mean, look, I I think we're gonna end up not spending a lot of time talking about this movie because what can be said about <laughs> yeah. Raiders of the Lost Ark that has saw it. already been said. <laughs> also, if you didn't see it, say it, dummies. Also, the structure of this movie is very much and then and then this and then this right. and then that and then Nazi face melt. Yeah. Ooh. Good summary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very episodic, and that is definitely by 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 design. design, Uh, So Indy uh, replaces the idol with the bag of sand. Oh, no, it goes wrong. All the traps set in motion. Yeah, including a giant rolling ball chasing after him. Also, UHF. Uh, He gets him outside where he is immediately greeted. uh, After a little bit of trickery from Alfred Molina, he finally escapes. Uh, and he is greeted by a bunch of loincloth wearing stereotypes in the jungle. Oh, yeah, the Chiron yeah. said South America. Yes, mm-hmm. it did. At the beginning of this movie, which uh, that kind of sets the tone for the movie that everything is, you know, the South American jungle, the desert, right. the, you know, the yes. Nazis. Yeah, you yeah. know, everything is very much the kind of 
pop culture amalgamation of what would be instantly recognized. That is to say, pretty racist. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. not quite like original King Kong, like, or even Peter Jackson King Kong, like, uh, savages sort of thing. Yeah. These people, this appears to be more like an indigenous tribe of peoples. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to like... And they like, are world that, uh... aware enough to make a deal with a shitty French mercenary. Right. It's, it's that Spielberg, because he's, he, that the same stuff that he drew from for like amazing stories. It was those like 50s serials Yeah, like that 30s were like and 40s crazy. serials. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so it's it's that level of understanding of other cultures and places. Right. It's yeah. not quite Temple of Doom racist. Yeah. Correct. So let's just give it a break for now. <laughs> this is racist in the sense that like you didn't read the book, but you're giving a book report, as opposed to like, look how fucked up these idiots are. Yeah, yeah that's that's absolutely true. It is pure ignorance. <laughs> <Yes>. Racist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Indy, uh, yeah, he is met by. Uh, the Hovito peoples, and they are being led by Rene Belloc, the French archaeologist who's like Indiana Jones's the Joker to his Batman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're the the he even calls himself a dark reflection of him. Yeah. Well, and he, yeah, later on he'll give uh, like a monologue to Indiana Jones where he talks about how we are a lot alike, you and I. We both fell from the religion of archaeology. Yeah. Like, right. what the, are you talking about? The, he, I think he says, like, the purity of, like, the, of the, the science or whatever, yeah. yeah. Like, they're basically, like, two fucking, like, rogue archaeologists. Sure. Yeah. Well, most archaeologists spend a lot of time in the classroom and, and occasionally will go out to a dig site and brush things with a toothbrush. These guys carry... Like loaded guns, whips, sure, <laughs> and command armies of indigenous tribes, yeah. right? And they go places and steal shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not even the pretense of and I'm going to dig it up and then sell it to the museum they work for for hard, <laughs> solid cash. So uh, yeah. Indy uh, beats a quick escape. He's being chased by uh, by the people. They're throwing blow darts and oh, arrows yeah. and spears at him. Uh, he makes a quick getaway with his pilot. Jacques, the uh, French named New York British man, I yeah, think. Yeah, correct. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, who has a pet snake named Reggie. And as we find out, that Indiana Jones hates snakes. Not afraid of snakes. No. Hates. But like, like a snake, like broke up his marriage. Yeah. Well, it's like you said when you watch the movie, he's racist against snakes. <laughs> yeah. 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 He just, I hate snakes. Uh,. Does he throw that snake off the plane? No, because no, no. he just sits there because yeah. it's, uh, it's the pet. It's his right. pet snake. Yeah, yeah. Jacques like... tells him to grow some backbone. Man, that's right. Right? Uh, uh, he'll get his revenge on snakes later on in the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, he will. When he uh, gives him the Nazi treatment. <laughs> oh, Jesus! <laughs> uh, so we cut to uh, uh, the college, uh, Marshall University, I think it is. I can't remember what college yeah, he teaches at. It's some know. college. I don't think it's a real one. Uh, I want to say that by Crystal Skull, he's teaching in Chicago. Well, they say in this one that didn't you used to work with so and so Ravenswood at, uh, so at the University of Chicago? Of Chicago. Canonically, yeah. canonically, Indiana Jones went to the University of Chicago, Illinois, Chicago. 
Wait, uh, UIC or UC? Because I'm betting he went to UC. I don't know. Whichever one uh, oh, went fucking to UC, yes. that yeah. like, jazz singer went to in the Young Indiana Jones yes. Chronicle. So probably also on... UC. Here's the deal. If you're going to University of Illinois, you probably went to Champaign Campus. Yeah, <laughs> good point. Nerd. Uh, so yeah, in the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, uh, we find out later that Indiana Jones was a student at UC. Uh, his roommate is Elliot Ness That's right. of Untouchables That's fame. And also his best friend is Ernest Hemingway. Nice. Yep. And they solve the murder of a jazz man. Yep. That's fantastic. While learning after, about history. Yeah, after the jazz man teaches Indy how to play like clarinet or something. Sure, well the jazz man's testifying a faithless man believes. Yeah, it's true. This was all foretold. Yeah, and the prophet Bleeding Gums Murphy. That's correct. <laughs> He saw it in the in the in the husks of those shattered Faberge eggs. That's right. That's right. Uh, praise be to bleeding gums. <laughs> My favorite jazz player. Uh, he was even on that episode of the Cosby Show where Absolutely. he played their uncle, who was a famous jazz musician. <laughs> they all are. Uh, Boy, back when you could make jokes about how all Cosby episodes were kind of the same. Yeah, those are very different jokes. Hey, now. Back, back when you, you could, could say the word Cosby without everybody cringing all around you. Ooh. I have a hard time talking about NHL players Sidney Crosby. Sure, just from it's association. Too close. Yeah. Too close. Too close. Yeah. Like I can't listen to Crosby, Crosby Stills, Stills, and Nash Nash anymore. Oh, it's, uh, and Man, for- Stills and Nash anymore. Yeah. Seaman Stills and Nash. And forget Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Ooh, Ooh. that's got connotations. Do you guys think they had to change the stationery every time Neil Young left the band? <laughs> <laughs> no, they just marked it out. Yeah. It was just like one big red X over Neil Young's name. <laughs> and they just well, kept sending him. Uh, the so, whole thing was full of like joint stains and <laughs> spilled whiskey. Uh, so Indy, uh, he's a professor at this college. He's teaching people about uh, archaeology and Neolithic stuff. A girl gives him the bedroom eyes and then she blinks and it says, love you. So on she's saying, eyelids. I love you on her eyelids. Yeah. And Indy's kind of like taken aback like he doesn't know oh, how to feel. Oh, oh, as oh, if, oh, oh. Yeah, as if he's never had sex with one of his students, which he definitely has. Yeah. Well, very much in this movie, Movie, it is firmly established that he had sex with a child. Yeah. Uh, a presumably 14-year-old child. So she was supposed to be 14 in the original script. That's what George Lucas wanted. Everyone else was like, I'm uncomfortable with her being that young. Let's make her 16. Nice. <laughs> At least she had age of consent, baby. Yeah, I think Spielberg, like his, there's like a really great like um, transcribed audio tapes of Spielberg, Lawrence Kasdan, and George Lucas, like, breaking out the story of it. And yeah, Lucas is like, well, for the timeline to make sense, you know, she's got to be like, you know, 14 because she's 24 in the film. Uh, and then Spielberg is like, eh, I don't know, and that makes me a little uncomfortable. Lawrence Kasdan's just like, well, George, uh, the audience might not like him if he had sex with a 14-year-old. If we make her 16, at least, you know, the audience will be on his side. <laughs> Thanks, 1979 America! Oh, and I bet they were, too! I mean, in the movie that could have been I, uh, the third Indiana Jones movie, 
before it ended up being uh, Last Crusade. It was the, the script that I think Chris Columbus wrote, which begins at like a haunted, yeah, like a castle. haunted mansion. It yeah. begins in a haunted mansion in Scotland where he fights an actual ghost. Nice. Uh, and then after that, it's the Monkey King. He yes. goes and thing, and he has it. The scene there's a scene with him and his TA, who's like clearly underage, uh, who. Uh, He's broken off an existing relationship with, yeah. and then she goes to his house and tries to kill herself, and it's played for goofs. Oh, yeah. geez. Like, she douses herself in his bourbon and tries to set herself on fire. Yikes. She tries to hang herself with his whip, and it is played, again, for goofs. <laughs> <laughs> it was a different time, man. <laughs> sure. Uh, also, Christopher, Chris, Chris Columbus, the writer... Piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. Uh, Christopher Columbus, the discoverer. Kind of also a piece of shit. Yeah, it must be in the blood. Yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming they're descendants of one another. I mean, you'd have to be, right? The, because of the family, the way that their uh, family crest is set up, they cycle through their names. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you're, eventually you're just going to hit another Chris Columbus. And again, because of the mathematics, the way that works out, the shit stars are aligned to give pure powers of being a douche. To whomever is born under the sign of Chris Columbus. Yeah. Nice. Classic. Good to know. Yeah. Uh, anyways. Heraldry. Uh, so uh, in these <laughs> classes, uh, he cuts it short and he meets up with uh, Marcus Brody, who's the owner of, he's the dean of the college, but also the owner of a museum that's attached to the college? Yeah. This was back when, uh, I, I say back when. just the curator of said sure. museum. Or it's very reasonable that he's the owner of the museum as well, because this is the era of like white guy corruption. Sure. Mm, I'll sure. own the business, the business that's extracting the resource, and I will pay myself for that resource and somehow not pay taxes on any of this. This Good sounds familiar. Also, Again, you're born under the sign of Columbus. <laughs> <laughs> and bada bing, bada boom, you got a Trump in the White yeah, House. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. This is how it goes. So uh, Everything's cyclical, you yeah. guys. <laughs> so uh, Indy meets up. Uh, Indy and Marcus are met up with uh, a couple gentlemen from the government. One of them played is by Porkins. Jack Porkins of Star Wars fame. <laughs> this is his, like, this is George Lucas going like, I'm sorry I made you blow up in an X-Wing. I'm sorry I named your character Porkins. Porkins. Here's yeah. eight lines in a movie. Yeah, but he does get top men. Correct. Top men. Man. Uh, so yeah, they are from the government and they have uh, intercepted communiques. And this is uh, 1936. Yes, and they have intercepted communiques that uh, Hitler and the Nazis uh, are obsessed with the occult and they are very close to discovering the lost Ark of the Covenant. Which is a uh, the box, the golden box that the original Ten Commandments tablets were brought down upon from the mountain. Yeah, uh, was that Mount the, Sinai? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cedar Sinai. There's the hospital there. <laughs> yeah. oh, hey, I've been there. Yeah, yeah. nice place. Yeah. yeah. Well, you still have the Ten Commandments. Oh yeah. wow! Put it in a box. They lost it. <laughs> yeah. Bummer. Yeah. Uh, so this scene is like. Ten minutes long of nothing but exposition. Right. This will also be the last exposition we really have for the rest of the movie. We Correct. don't need no more. Yeah. Uh, so basically, well, no, we get the extraordinary expository drinking scene. Well, that's true. That yeah, tells right. me everything I've ever wanted to know about anything. Correct. So, anyways, uh, Indy uh, accepts the government's task to go to uh, to e Egypt and yeah, dig in the ah, desert. Professor Ravenswood, uh, his. 
teacher and very close confidant. His mentor. His mentor is missing, and he was the one who was doing all the research on the Ark of the Covenant. Right. So the, they find in the Nazi communique that the Nazis are looking for Professor Ravenwood to complete their research. Yeah. Right. Specifically, he has something that's the headpiece to the Staff of Ra, which uh, when they describe it, once you put it on the stick and put it in a certain place at a certain time, the sun will shine through and give them the location of the Well of the Souls, which is the final resting place of the Ark of the Covenant in the ancient city of Tanis. Because all great mysticism was eventually originally codified by that same... Oh, crap. <laughs> I lost it. I mean, Rube Goldberg. That was the name I was searching for. I was just gonna say that I had it lined up. I was gonna say mousetrap. Yeah, <laughs> shit was complicated before geotagging. Yeah, no. Yeah. Right. Uh, so Indy and Marcus uh, make a deal. They're going to get paid a lot of money. It sounds like for this thing. It sounds like they're it's going nice. to get paid a lot of money to cover their travel expenses, and they will get to just. Keep the Ark? Of right. the Covenant, yeah. It's not, the, the government isn't sending them to get the Ark as much as they're sending them to stop the Nazis from having the Ark. Yeah. Right, and Too they fast. make it very clear, Marcus very clearly says out loud, an army with the Ark at the front of it is unstoppable. Now here's where the movie really spreads credulity for me, because this was 1936, the era of appeasement. We would not have stopped the Nazis from having an Ark. Yeah, We'd have been all isolationist about it and, low-key, pretty okay with Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> low-key. <laughs> but I think because it's being considered a dangerous weapon that they're like, we don't want them to necessarily have that because they could use it against us. <laughs> I mean, we gave them Belgium. Meh. <laughs> what do they got out of that? That's waffles. That's true. Up to here with waffles. <laughs> Good work, Germany. Yeah, I, I mean, at this point in history, the the Italian fascists were really the, like, expansionist empire that America was even a little worried about. Only and that's only because they had invaded Ethiopia. And yeah. they're like, you can't cross the water. Not, Not fair. fair. <laughs> you, Mussolini. <laughs> Jerk. Now his great-granddaughter or whatever is fighting with Jim Carrey on the Twitter. Oh, good yeah. for her. Oh, not good for her because she's basically still a she's a fascist as well. Oh yeah, uh, the Mussolinis is... are still deeply involved in Italian politics. Yeah, and straight up like, yeah, I'm proud of being descendant of you know Mussolini. Oh Benito. Yeah, you'd think after he hey, was you know the trains ran on time. No, they didn't. They just made it illegal to report on train delays. <laughs> <laughs> That is a true fact. Also, you think... John, same <laughs> difference. You would think once Benito Mussolini was like shot, beaten, tied up to a horse and dragged... And hung. And dragged through the streets while he was being stoned, the people of Italy would have been like, yep, taken care of. No more Mussolini's. Nah. There are still many murals of Mussolini in public buildings. Yeah, that's crazy. Because <laughs> I think like Hitler had become so evil at that point that all of the kind of post-war, like, sure, hey, no more of that ever again, like was just a lightning rod onto Germany. And people kind of forgot like, oh, Mussolini was in charge for like a decade before Hitler rose oh, yeah. to power. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Hitler was called the German Mussolini. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, there's an extent to which we don't we don't get as angry at the Italians for the super racist things they did, and they didn't do it as much. They were just uh, that's true. They only rapaciously uh, invasive. They would invade <laughs> yeah. anybody on the planet. Yeah, like locusts. Right. Right. <laughs> but like, we can't go pounding the crap out of them because that's all we did after the war. <laughs> sure. Plus, they gave us pizza. Yeah. yeah. That does make me feel deeply conflicted. <laughs> right. Yeah. They were just Italians. It's fine. Uh, so uh, Indy and uh, Indy heads off to Nepal to meet up with uh, Abner Ravenwood's uh, daughter, Marion, an old flame of his, uh, so he can get and the, the reason why they had the big falling out between the two of them right. was that he had a relationship with his daughter and it did not end well. Right. right. Probably because he was a grown man and she was, again, a child. A child. Something she will bring up. Too many times in the movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, so she is running a shitty little tavern bar out in the in the middle of the mountains of Nepal. It right. seems to be exclusively for Sherpas and one real fat curly-haired guy. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. her and that real fat curly-haired guy are having a drinking contest. Ooh. Which seems the rules of which seem to be how much can you drink? Before you die. Yeah, I yeah. think whoever collapses from alcohol poisoning is the loser. Yeah. Correct. In a couple different ways. Uh, she definitely defeats him. Uh, he is dragged off. She laughs, sends everybody away. Uh, when who should show up but Indiana Jones. She is greeted promptly with a belt to the jaw. Uh, yeah. He's like, give me the thing that I want. And she's like, you mean... You ruined my life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like I could only say I'm sorry so many times. Well, say it more, because my life got ruined. <laughs> she specifically says, I'm stuck in this bar. Like, yeah. whatever he did to her got her stuck in some kind of debt or servitude to be in this bar in Nepal right. forever. Right. Uh, his defense is like, ah, you knew what you were doing. To which she retorts, no, I was a child. Oh, yeah. God. And the... That was ten years ago. Comes up multiple times in the course yeah. of this movie. If they had just kept it vague, if yeah. they had just kept the timeline vague, yeah. I think this would thing. have been a whole lot easier to or, swallow. Or you know, and I know that this is absolutely fucking unheard of, but you could conceivably cast your leading woman as roughly the same age as your leading man. No, no, sure. no, 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 right. no. Yeah, you're right, John. No, it's not right. I'm sorry, the statute of Woody Allen clearly <laughs> states there must be no no less than a five-year age difference. Uh, and here's the thing. And there's no basement on that age either. <laughs> right. And here's the thing. They never say her age in the movie. No, they don't. Ever. Though she's clearly a lot younger than him. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyways, she's, he gives her... Uh, he promises. He gives her three thousand dollars and promises another two thousand dollars once they find the ark. Yeah, and what was um, the math that you'd done on that? Oh for yeah, inflation. So five thousand dollars in nineteen thirty six money is ninety one thousand dollars in nice. today money. <laughs> As I said, that's enough for a down payment on a city house, or, or if you live in a place like Rockford, just a house, house. just a whole house. <laughs> yep. P.S. Rockford, Illinois, uh, probably best known for uh, coming in just above. Uh, Indiana in Newsweek's Worst Cities in America list. Oh, shit. <laughs> Tough break Rockford. Tough oh. break Gary, Indiana. <laughs> uh, yeah, but Gary, Indiana hasn't been great since the music man. And even then, like, the fact that he was from Gary, Indiana was kind of suspect. Yeah, it was. 
uh, the, 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 the big thing about Gary, Indiana was that it was like a steel town. Yeah. yeah. So like it had a boom at some point. Ooh, Rockford, yeah. just Rockford. Always been bad. Rockford's yep. got an airport. Uh, yeah, sure. It's also, I guess, home to Cheap Trick, so... Hey! That's a thing. There you go. I bet they got a Hooters there. <laughs> I don't know. I do know that there is a uh, there's a Chuck E. Cheese directly across the street from a strip club. Nice. <laughs> well, you know, you drop your kids off and you gotta go for a little adult time. Uh, <laughs> actually, that strip club is right next door to a Just Tires that a friend of mine used to work at. And strippers would routinely drop off their car and then head over to the club, do some dancing, so they could pay for their car being fixed. Reasonable. Yeah. I also like that this is like my whole Saturday. Drop the kids off, <laughs> see some dancing. Daddy's going to his Chuck E. Cheese, if you know what I mean. Don't tell your ma. Also, I'm getting an oil change that's not a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, uh, she's like, alright, I'll see if I can find the piece. He leaves, she pulls the piece out of her, she's like, out she's of her shirt. Yeah, yeah, she's wearing it as a necklace. wearing it as a necklace. Yeah. And then immediately, uh, a group of Nazis, Nazis come in. Show up. Yeah. But it's like, it's kind of like, uh, uh, Christopher Lloyd in Who Framed Roger Rabbit and his weasels. Yeah. Like, how each one of, uh, Arnold Tots, uh, the evil Nazis, like, henchmen are all, like, nationality stereotypes. Yeah. Yeah. Like one of them is a straight up like Italian gangster with a Tommy gun. Yeah. Yeah. My my only like uh, explanation for this is that he must have been in a position in the Nazi hierarchy to just like pick the best soldier from the land that they've just conquered or allied with (laughs) to just say like he will be part of my personal god yeah he's uh he's dressed exactly like elton john in the i don't want to go on with you like that video true he seems to talk almost exclusively in very uncomfortable pauses right yeah he's uh he's doing like a combination of Werner herzog pausing in eric abana's whisper screaming throughout all of angley's hope (laughs) right yeah so the whole movie is like this. It's real uncomfortable and weird. Uh, I mean, super Nazis, creepy. Nazis weren't really known for being laid back. That's true. True. They are. They are generally pretty intense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, super. So he's like, "I hope you had that shit that Indy's looking for because I want it." And she's like, and she's not necessarily saying no. She's like, "I don't know, maybe like make me an offer." And yeah. he's like, yeah. "Well, look at your fire. I'll get this iron real hot and use it to torture you." Yeah. Well, that's his offer. Like, Give it to me. Yeah, right? No, that's how Nazis negotiate. <laughs> uh, you but give before... me thing or I burn you death. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's good. But before she... Uh, to the point. Before he can burn her death, uh, <laughs> Indy shows up and whips that red hot poker out of his hands and a gunfight ensues. Yeah. And this is a great squibby, sparky, ricocheting gunfight. And yeah. it's also a reminder that uh, before PG-13... Uh, as long as you didn't have extreme graphic nudity, you could show anything in a PG movie. That's true. The, yeah. yeah. Yeah, as long as you didn't say fuck or have people fuck. Yeah. Yep. You got a PG rating. Keep the fucks out. People get shot in the head and you see squibs and like blood fly oh, out yeah. of their head holes. And blood running out of their mouths. Oh, and yeah. Stuff. Yeah, it's pretty This nice. is a great little shootout scene. Uh, there's a part where a guy... Uh, he spills liquor all over the bar, and then he sets the bar on fire, and then uh, Indy like gets up and hits a guy with more whiskey, and then there's more fire. There's a guy who got an arm on fire who and starts punching, punching Indy with yeah. it. 
Uh, meanwhile, the Nazi uh, tries to grab the head of the staff of Ra, but it has been heated up in this fire, and it burns his hand. Yeah, and so he, he does a Joe Pesci and runs outside and shoves it in the snow. Yep. Yeah, just like Home Alone. Yeah. Written by, or directed by Chris Columbus. Columbus. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Noted piece of shit. <laughs> Correct. I'm basing most of this off the fact that he made the movie nine months. That's why I'm calling him a piece of shit. I was gonna ask. Just so you know. <laughs> I mean, what, like, that's the thing. Like, I don't know anything about his personal life. All nope. I know is he directs Real boring movies. Yep. Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's also the only director to do more than one Harry Potter movie. No, because didn't David Yates do the last two or three of them? Oh, you might be right. Yeah, like he did yeah. the first two, I think. Yeah. And then Alfonso, Alfonso Cuaron, Cuaron did, did like the, third one. the good one. Yeah. Which yeah. is the... Oh, I've seen the first one. Garbage. The third one now. Uh, I haven't seen the third one. I think the fucking, the like, the Half-Blood Prince that didn't make any sense, and then the last two movies. Nice. I, I just don't get it. The other Not half is all like Kool-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I seen the 20 minutes of the one with the wizard tournament. Sure. So I was flipping channels and I went, hey, there's that Twilight guy. What's Twilight guy doing? <laughs> <laughs> and then I saw, I saw a guy with no nose and I was like, What's up with that guy with no nose? <laughs> this looks interesting. And then it cut to it cut to Harry Potter, and he was a half merman. And I was like, "The fuck is this movie?" <laughs> I because I, I still wasn't sure it was a Harry Potter movie. Yeah. Uh, then he got out of the water, and he won some prize. And then they're like, his merman part went away, and he turned back into Harry Potter. I was like, "Oh, this is a Harry Potter." Yeah. Bye forever. <laughs> I saw the first one in theaters and I was like, oh. I saw the first one in theaters as well. I'm not dealing with this. It is. I haven't read these books and all these high school girls around me are irritating. It is way too long. Oh, that first sure. movie especially, just so excruciatingly oh, long. man. And I think like the big scene is the Quidditch match. Is that the first one? The big scene in every movie is the, there's a Quidditch match in every goddamn oh, movie. God, they keep doing it. They oh, keep doing it. Lame thing in the first one. It's so boring. Uh, uh, Yeah. They're just not for me, and that's fine. I was way too old. Yeah, same here. I think I was right on the cusp of being too old, but I just, like, I don't know. For whatever Mm. reason, I just missed it. So, uh, Indy, uh, the the bar burns down, the Nazis are defeated, and I am assuming burned alive with the bar. Correct. Yeah. Uh, Indy and Marion escape, and they uh, make their way to Egypt, where they meet up with. His buddy Sala, who's like the best digger in Egypt. John Rhys. John Rhys Davies. I, I almost called him Myers, but no, that's a different actor. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah John, fucking, fucking. Gimli. Gimli himself yeah. from Sliders. Yeah, Mr. Sliders. Good <laughs> uh, And not because of the burgers, because he was in that show. Because he was in that sliders. show, Sliders. Yeah, but he uh, probably got to that weight he's at because of the Sliders, the burgers. Correct. And, you know, it was a joke in the craft service for like the first episode of like, get it, guys? Sliders for Sliders. And John Reese davies just grabbed them by the lapels. Don't you ever stop bringing me <laughs> Sliders. I cannot make this clear enough. They will be in my trailer when I wake up every day. If I don't have them, I am not going on set. Mm. Meanwhile, Jerry O'Connell's just like, I can't keep eating these sliders. (laughs) (laughs) I lost all that weight from Stand By Me, and you're going to make me put it back on. (laughs) Jerry O'Connell. I'm going to marry Rebecca Romaine one day. <laughs> and everyone's going to go, wait, the guy from Joe's apartment? And I'm going to go, yeah, I don't get it either. 
It's me, Jerry oh, O'Connell. God. I always forget about Joe's apartment. Yeah, oh, the yeah. movie with the all mo- the, roaches. the roaches. Yeah, the most successful movie based off an MTV commercial ever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. Because this was pre-Beavis and Butthead to America. But even that was based off an actual show. Show, yeah. Not Joe's apartment was just commercial. like a, yeah. a hook. Yeah, that was it would be like if they thing. would have made a movie off of Donald Logue's Jimmy the Cab Driver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, that's how Ernest started as a bunch of local ads. That's true. That's so. true. And then there was like 30 Ernest movies. Yeah. <laughs> And didn't he have a Saturday morning cart like a Saturday morning TV show too? He definitely had a cartoon. I have distinct memories of that See, character remember, being drawn. But I also yeah. remember there being a live action show too. I, it might have been like Maybe. in the like in the eighties and nineties where they yeah. had like a live action yeah. component. I just remember it existing because uh, his friend on the show was Otho from Beetlejuice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, anyways. Uh, they end up in Egypt. Uh, they have the headpiece to the staff of Ra. They're going to find someone to translate it for them. Uh, meanwhile, Salah brings them home to the, the to the family. Uh, a monkey takes a shining to uh, to Marion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, played by Karen Allen, we should point out. Uh, but he's a secret monkey? SS monkey. Yes. Yeah, the monkey's a secret Nazi spy. Yeah. yeah. yeah or yeah. at the very least, a Nazi sympathizer. Right. He is well, at best a Vichy monkey. I mean, yeah. this movie <laughs> will make... Absolutely clear that Nazi sympathizers share the same fate as Nazis. That's, That's true. Because right. uh, the monkey <laughs> straight up at one monkey. point, that monkey straight up zig heils oh, yeah. Yeah. to yeah. somebody. It's <laughs> real upsetting. <laughs> it is, but it's also kind of funny. Oh, yeah. It's a little cute because he's got a people vest. Yeah. Yeah. It's also clearly the template for Apu from the movie Aladdin. Correct. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right down or to the Abu, vest. Abu, sorry. Abu. Abu the yeah. vest and the lefez. The, the lefez. Yeah, little hat. Uh, so uh, Indy's hanging out in Egypt, and they are going to uh, find an old uh, old man who's going to translate that so they can get the right length of the stick. Yeah, so they while, can go. While John Reese uh, is trying to track, is that trying to track it Solid. down, uh, Indy and Marion go on a jaunty shopping trip. They do. Yeah. They're the marketplaces of Cairo. Stuff. Well, you know, women be shopping, John. <laughs> oh, I get it. Like that thing 90s comedians used to say. Yeah. Oh, oh Sinbad. Oh. I miss you, man. <laughs> right? <laughs> Weirdly I, enough, I haven't laughed very hard at somebody in a giant windbreaker in some time. <laughs> With matching windbreak pants. I The only Sinbad bit I remember is from an old special he did. They ended up making fun of it on SNL. But like the bit is about how like people being chased in monster movies. And yes. he's like, if a Dracula was chasing me and my woman, I'll trip my woman. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And that's the only bit I remember. And I was like, and like when I was a kid, that was the height of comedy, right? Oh, right. Yeah. I was like, he's gonna trip his girlfriend to get eaten by a Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> he's saying the unspeakable, but it's making a lot of sense to me. And right. now as an adult, it's like, wait, he's gonna He's going to kill? He has no qualms sacrificing the life of another human being (laughs) if it means he gets to live one more day. Sure. Right. right. (laughs) And that's the thing. It's like, and even if he did get caught by the Dracula, he's just going to get turned into another Dracula. Well, sometimes they kill you, sometimes they don't. Yeah. Yeah. It's a 50-50 on that. You don't know. to Dracula. You don't know if Dracula is going to drain you or sire you. Right. Right. And he's only going (laughs) to sire you if he wants something. And then you're probably going to want to not do it, Plus, you start out as one of those, like, shitty Nosferatu vampires. Oh, my God. You're so terrible. Exactly. That's fine. As long as Somebody sires me. Oh, and you, you gotta walk around with his like yeah. tattoo on the back of your neck. Yeah, probably. That's for familiars. Ah, meh. 
Yeah, what do you think you are to Dracula? Family? <laughs> it's like when you become part of a vampire like group, a coven, isn't that like Olive Garden? Everyone's family? <laughs> and you can know, eat breadsticks? Where's... There's no breadsticks. Where's what? That? You never eat again. That's true. No! You only drink blood. The can food... I get blood sticks? Yeah, probably. Oh, Maybe. Okay. I'm good. But they're like glow sticks. Can I crack them and wave them around at a rave? Hell yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. good. You have to. Vampires have to go to raves. Oh. Oh, I True. don't, like, I don't but like loud music, The only though. way to keep the blood solid in stick form is fill it full of cornmeal. True. Oh, it's, yeah. like a, it's like a cornbread? It's like a scrapple. Ooh. Yeah. It's right. like people scrapple. Nice. I'm yeah. all right with that. But, like, it fills you, but it doesn't nourish you. Oh, like, like lambus bread? <laughs> Correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Also, a- ooh, the shits. Those greasy black blood shits. Yeah. Oof. Yikes. So, Indy... <laughs> guys, we're like 20 minutes into the movie. Uh, so, Indy uh, and Marion's shopping trip is uh, uh, cut, cut short. short. by the traitorous monkey. Yeah, by the traitor... They, and they don't even realize the monkey's a traitor yet. Yeah. But he informs the Nazis who inform the local sword-wielding... Wielding goons. goons. Yeah, goon club. To go after them. Uh, and what uh, follows the big, like, fight-slash-chase sequence throughout this marketplace. Really awesome. It has that iconic scene where... Uh, that guy shows up with the big sword and the his big black outfit. Yeah, it looks like it's right. gonna be like a boss fight. Yeah, and Harrison Ford shoots him so that he can get back on the shitter. Yeah, he yeah. unceremoniously <laughs> shoots him. The entire cast at this point of the shoot had dysentery, That's right? Because right. they were in what Tunisia. But yeah. the best, what I love about that scene, and something I never noticed till now, was after Indy shoots Swordman, everybody cheers. Yeah. Oh yeah, as if this Swordman has been hunting the marketplace for years, oh, fuck yeah. and like just been like walking up to random people, like, hey, hey, you, showing around, <laughs> we're in a sword fight now. It's like, ah, uh, you know, Steve, I'm not really in a sword fighting mood. Shut up. all right steve oh my ear you cut my ear off steve you're goddamn right now give me some fucking dates yeah (laughs) he always hogs the karaoke machine at karaoke night and he gets mad if you sing his song and his song is kung fu fighting hell yeah (laughs) but he does it like real serious oh yeah Yeah, he gives it like like he doesn't he doesn't get the joke right he does it like a shatner like spoken word monologue yeah right right yeah. Everybody was kung fu fighting. Oh, those cats. Fast as lightning. In fact, it was a little bit frightening. <laughs> That's right. I'm not afraid to admit that I have emotions. <laughs> but they fought with expert timing. Do, 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 do. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. It is probably one of the greatest signifiers of our failure as a people that we gave William Shatner not a career, but specifically the career he currently has. Oh, I love when he gets introduced. I think when he does like on Conan, he gets introduced as Master Thespian. Yeah. William Shatner. Like, God damn it. That's I mean, awesome. That's, <laughs> to be fair, that's definitely sarcastic. Uh, well, but it's also like both, though, right? A little bit, yeah. It's a little bit sarcastic, but it's also a little bit true. That's the thing. Like, yeah, he seems to sometimes have like a little bit of self-awareness, but he... Well, if he has too much, it'd ruin it. He, he, but he like goes, like, he jokes about being such a big ego, but he is a really big ego. Right. right. Yeah, that's amazing. 
<laughs> the closest the closest Shatner got to like likable was that episode of SNL he hosted where he just yeah. yelled at Star Trek fans. Yeah, right. where he yelled yeah. at Star Trek fans, but then also later in that episode he plays Captain Kirk in the sketch where the the Enterprise is turned into a restaurant. Yeah, right. and he's just trying to like keep this like restaurant going with the health inspector there and stuff. Uh. Like he's and they do a TJ Hooker sketch. Yeah, where he's just on the the hood of a car being flung around <laughs> and stuff. Because never forget he was TJ Hooker, That's yes. right. a show that existed and gave Heather Locklear her career yeah. and went on for several years and was fairly popular. Yeah, yeah. Like, and also he's also Tech War. Yes. Yeah. And he was he that guy carried Boston Public for how Boston, Boston Legal Public, Boston yeah. Legal yeah, yeah, yeah. for however long that was on well, yeah because he was a guest star on the practice and he was so good they, they gave him his own spun him off show. for his own show yeah. yep yep listen let's all just hope that one day Alec Baldwin can reach that level of humility. <laughs> <laughs> you just tickled John so hard. I feel like John started out laughing to spite you, and then halfway through started laughing for real. Oh, man, Alec Baldwin is just a mammoth script come to life. <laughs> But, like, one of the really egregiously bad ones. He's like, speed the plow. (laughs) Oh, boy. Were he to get self-awareness, fucking Riley the Ancient One will awaken and we will realize we're all but a dream. (laughs) So, uh, at the end of this big long chase, uh, Marion gets stuffed in a basket <laughs> and is taken away into a truck, which Indy which shoots. Is full of munitions. Yeah. Yeah. Which Indy shoots, it rolls over, blows up. He thinks she's dead. Right. Uh, he's very sad. He starts just drinking in the middle of the square at daytime. Because yep. yeah, right. it's five o'clock somewhere. They literally uh, set up a chair and a table and a bottle of whiskey yeah. right in the middle yep. of the street. Then a couple Nazis show up and bring him in to talk to Belloc. And Belloc's like, we're not so different, you and I. And Indy Jones is like, how about I punch your face? And he stands up to do that. And then everyone in the bar has a gun. Yeah. Um, and so and they're all trained on Indy. Right. They're not, it's yeah. not like a like Mexican standoff situation. Yeah, right. It's like, no, no, no. Everyone here is on the table. Yeah. Then Except Salas... for the purity of children. Right. right. Salah's kids run in and yell, Uncle Indy! <laughs> Uncle Indy! And they give him a big hug. And they start taking him out. And then Belloc says, the next time you'll need more than children to save you, Jones. As right. if to say, the next time if these children try to save you, we I'm shoot them. fucking killing yeah. these kids. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, he is French. Sure, and and, yeah, and an archaeologist. Yeah, and as we see in these movies, archaeologists have no problem picking up any kind of weapon and murdering dozens of people. Correct. Because uh, Indiana Jones has already killed quite a few people in the bar fight and in the chase sequence. Just oh, yeah. Just a lot of head shooting, whipping, punching, kicking. It's great. Throwing people into other people's swords. Yeah. So Indy and Sala go meet uh, uh, the man who can translate yeah, the headpiece. Yeah, some head kind piece. of a scribe. And we find out that uh, Belloc somehow has gotten... He's gotten like a replica A replica of it. Of it. Right. We know, But though. it's incomplete. Yeah. But that's what we find out in this scene is that it's incomplete. So the, the, the wording on the headpiece is... is <sighs> Yo, you need to stick this big. But if you flip it over, it's like, minus this much. Yeah. yeah. 
to, they, to take away to honor the Jewish god. Right, yeah, the Hebrew god yeah. it was made for. Yeah. So Belek, uh, the replica that he got has writing only on one side. Yes. So he has the wrong measurements. And let's be as clear. they say in the movie, he's digging in the wrong place. The, <laughs> the replica that he has is clearly a mold they made from the burns on that German guy's hand. Right. Right. Really, it wasn't from Master Replicas back when they had the Lucasfilm license. That's where I got my Darth Maul lightsaber. It's cool as hell. Ooh. Yeah. It's not a, a who them guys that used to make the masks. <laughs> the old Tommy Mask Company. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Jim, no. Jeff, Ted, Tim. Fancy know. Star Wars masks. Man, I, I know this for sure. Uh, 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 Goldberg. No, wait, that was mine. I'm, uh. I mean, I know it's on the tip of my tongue, and I'm certainly not. Are you just Googling fancy Star Wars masks? I'm no. Because you're going to want to turn the safe search way on. Ooh, uh, no, I'm definitely not doing that. I am <laughs> just thinking to myself. Who could it be? Who could it be now? Uh, I don't know. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> anyway, we, we drop the kids off at home and we go meet some weird old dude. That's the, yeah, that's the, yeah. Yeah, yeah, This yeah, is yeah. the guy. He, he, we discussed that. Uh, meanwhile, Indiana Jones is about to celebrate by eating a date. And it turns out that the dates have been poisoned by the monkey's handler. Uh, because we find out because the monkey eats a date and, and dies. dies. Yeah, that's Dead what monkey. fucking happens to Nazi collaborators. True facts. Yep. Yeah, uh, well, or well, you work for NASA. I was about to say, or unless, you work for NASA. unless they know a few things <laughs> yeah. about things. The problem with that monkey, all spies know math. Yeah. True. Yeah, unless that monkey's name was uh, Werner von Brangatan. Yeah. <laughs> Werner von uh, Rocket yeah. Guy. It was a long walk, yeah. but it was worth it to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the problem that, with that monkey he was just an adjunct hadn't got tenure yet no I know true. Yeah, true. he was four days away from retirement <laughs> right? he was so close to getting that rocketry masters and then we would have let him live uh, uh, so Indy uh, infiltrates the, the dig site that's happening in the middle of the desert in the wrong area but yes. right close enough to the right area that he's able to like siphon off some of the workforce right, yeah so he right. goes to the well of souls he sticks the stick in uh, gets the proper location and they start digging uh, just on the outside of where they're digging. of the rest of the yeah. camp yeah clearly visible Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, um, while all this is going on, he has run into Marion. She is still alive, uh, and she's being held captive there. And he leaves her yeah, there. He's about to save her, but then he realizes if he does, they'll know she's missing, and they're going to comb the place, and he won't be able to dig out the ark. Right. Uh, so he ties. He leaves her tied up. Uh, she's very upset about oh, it. Rightfully so. Yeah. Uh, and then he runs off to start digging with his crew, Sala and his best diggers. Uh, so they get in there, um, and sure enough, in that pit is a bunch of snakes! Yep. Ten million snakes! It's a great reveal of just, why is the floor moving? Yeah. And then he throws a, a, a torch down, and yep. it's snakes. snakes. Uh, specifically, asps. Yes. Very dangerous. Yes. You go first. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, uh, Marion is having a... A uh, candlelit dinner with Belloc. <laughs> yeah, which she puts on a dress and proceeds to do a drinking contest. Because yeah. she's a classy yeah. lady. Yeah. And, and Belloc is very much the like, oh, I find these Nazis very distasteful. Yeah. yeah, he is. 
<laughs> Bella but it's that, is like, like so close to being a decent guy if he wasn't such a terrible person. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean that's the thing. He is the dark reflection of Indiana Jones. Yeah. Basically, like if Indiana Jones was okay with uh, helping out Nazis. Yeah. yeah, right. He is the Ironmonger to Indiana Jones's Iron Man. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. the Killmonger to his Black Panther. Sure. Or the or the Whiplash uh, to Indiana Jones's <laughs> Iron Man. <laughs> Iron Man too. Or the fucking bumblebee to his Ant Man. Yeah. Or the. <laughs> oh boy. Or the Loki to his Thor. Or yeah. Or the guy Pierce to his Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> or the Ronan the Accuser to his Guardians of the Galaxy. Or his Thanos to his Iron Man. Or his Ego to the Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> or his Captain America to his Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> True facts. Uh, I run out of Iron Man's dark reflections. Nice. <laughs> uh, so you didn't uh, get demon in a bottle uh, because that's not from the movies, John. They I'm they an MCU use a lot purist. Of, sure, but they use a lot of that storyline in the second Iron Man movie. Yeah, they use the part where he gets where drunk he's one real time. Drunk. <laughs> Mm-hmm. The the best part of Iron Man 2 is the scene where he gets drunk at his party. And he pees in the suit. He pisses his suit. He gets into a fight with Rhodey. And he makes DJ AM play a sweet <laughs> dance beat. Nice. Yep. That's the best line of the whole movie. He's like, Goldstein. I'll play a beat to, to, so I can Give beat me a my beat so he kicks my friend's ass in. No problem, Mr. Stark. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a mix of Another One Bites the Dust and It Takes Two. Nice. Correct. It's pretty rad. Nice. Uh, so anyways... Uh, then Mickey Rourke gets his whiplash armor, and Correct. he shows up at the Stark Expo. Yeah. Iron Man 2 is a pretty great movie, guys. I'm so glad we've been talking about it this whole time. <laughs> I mean, it's got its structural problems. It's clearly not as, like, well-paced or well-constructed. Uh, you know, Sure. Well, they had, uh, unlike the first Iron Man movie, Iron Man 2 had a script. Correct. <laughs> and that, I think, is its that, big fault. Yeah, that was their mistake. Yeah, yeah. Yep. That'll weigh you down. Yep. So uh, Indy uh, goes down into the pit... Uh, to uh, get the Ark. They box it up, they put it in there, and they uh, start Hoist it hoisting it out. on. But oh no, see, Marion escapes from Belloc during their sexy dinner time. Um, only to get caught by German guy. Only to be caught by Elton John from the I Don't yeah. Want to Go On With You Like That music video. Hans McNazi. Yeah. Uh, and Hans McNazi, uh, of the fast food Nazis. <laughs> of course. Uh He's like, you're going to give me everything you know. And so they find Indy finally. No, they don't get anything from her. No, yeah. she's no very resistant. Yeah. yeah. But uh, they and then do as they're, and then as they're just like, walk out and see there's a whole dick going on where yeah. there shouldn't be. And yeah. they're like, wait a goddamn minute. Well, they see specifically the sun has silhouetted the Ark of the Covenant being removed Move from, from the, the thing. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> and Belloc is just like, hang on. So they run over, they get that. They, uh, they're like, all right, Indy, well, good to see you. I hope you have a great time. Hey, maybe in a thousand years when I bury you here, you'll be worth something. <laughs> Here's your girlfriend. We're going to close the lid. Yeah, and then they, yeah, they chuck her down the hole uh, where luckily she, her dress gets caught, or she catches on. She catches to, like, on. like an Anubis, like, head. Yeah. To the weird jackal teeth. Yeah. And then falls down and, like, rolls down it. And yeah. he catches her. So it's he all catches cool. her. Yeah. Uh, sort of catches her. He fa- She hits the ground, and then a cobra gives her a like a little oh, bite at yeah. her face. Yep. Uh, then uh, they seal the pit. <laughs> yep. Uh, meanwhile, Indiana Jones has already uh, had to face his fear of snakes by dousing them in gasoline and setting them on fire. fire. Yes. Yeah. Take that, snakes. Which is, frankly, how I would handle snakes, especially that many. 
There's weights you got. Oh yeah, no, Frankly, that many snakes, definitely. In yeah. my opinion, one snake, way too many snakes. Ooh yeah, yeah. No, yeah. it depends on the snake. It John. absolutely does not. No, oh, no. See, for me, like a nice friendly snake, like the one no. from, from Anaconda, like that's <laughs> that's a snake I want to hang out with. Jo- Patrick, are you telling me that the the snake from Anaconda is a bad guy? Because it does eat John Voight, and to me, that's that spells good guy. That's it's a good point. That is a fair point. The only snake I've ever wanted to be friends with is the snake from uh, the old school Jungle Book because it's oh, voiced Shere by Khan. like one of my favorite old school Disney voice actors. Paul, yeah. Isn't it Paul Lind? I think it yeah. might be. Yes, fucking center square Paul Lind yeah. himself. Hell yeah. Um, that movie's fucking rad. I haven't seen it in forever. It's good. Holds up. Yeah. I mean, as well as it ever did. I mean, sure. right. The emphasis on that part. Yeah. I mean, great Bar- songs. Bare Necessities. Bare Necessities. Oh, great song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And also the King Louis, uh, the orangutan song. Like oh, the big yeah. jazz yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, number. It's a, that's a really good one. one. Um, I haven't seen the John Favreau like, the live action one? Yeah, I haven't version seen of it. Nobody has. But I know that Christopher Walken plays King Louis. Yeah. Nice. And I think he does the song. And I kind of want to see that. Yeah. Uh, so anyways. Oh, man. It, it really is the John Carter of movies, though, right? Like, yeah. nobody saw that damn thing. Right? <laughs> The yeah. Jungle Book? Yeah. The live, live action, action Jungle, Jungle Book. Yeah, incorrect. It was a massive hit. Oh, was it? Yes. I've never met all. a soul that saw it, though. I mean, that's anecdotal. Yeah. But, I, I mean, that gave us the uh, Beauty and the Beast remake and the upcoming Aladdin. Shit, sure. And the upcoming either. Lion King remake, oh, yeah. also directed by Jon Favreau. Oh, yep. wow. Yeah. Well, good for that guy. Yeah. Make Here's the thing. Money. I think Jon Favreau went to Disney and was like, yo, I have this passion project where I would love to do just like a Star Wars TV series where it's like right after Return of the Jedi. I want to focus on the Mandalorians because I really love that like bounty hunter subculture. And, you know, it's something that the movies kind of got away from being like a space western and I'd like to get back to that. And Disney's just like, yeah, 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 totally, totally. Uh, Do two live action movies for us that make all the money in the universe and then you know we'll talk about your fun little passion project to which i'm sure he replied i gave you the marvel cinematic universe and they're like yeah 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 two more movies right come on uh so indy and marion uh end up uh Punching a hole in a wall, basically? Yeah, they knock down one of the Anubises into a wall. And yeah. then they just kind of, like, casually walk out. Yeah, and somehow the underground well, pit, the, somehow the underground pit's wall leads to the outside. Yeah, yes. the underground um, pit's wall leads to a catacomb that right. leads outside. And they uh, they exit, uh, and they come across a sort of, like, uh, German Nazi, like, airstrip where a big old, the big old flying wing is there. Yeah. And it's just spinning around, getting ready for takeoff. Uh... And I think it seems like their plan is to steal the plane. They're planning on hijacking it, but more Nazis keep coming out and catching them. Yeah, right. including King Nazi. The <laughs> best Nazi. Nazi. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just... <laughs> Mr. Atlas Von Nazi. Yeah. Uh, uh, he is he, the Mike Dyson's punch-out of Nazis. Oh, man. Love he, this guy. Bald head, great He mustache. looks like Bald Bull yeah. from... Uh, and he could not be more excited to have a fist fight. This guy's oh. been itching for a fight all war. All war. <laughs> he literally sits in a shack at the edge of the airstrip, shirt already unbuttoned, right? ready to fight. Because he walks out the door, sees Indy punch a guy, and is like, oh, finally. Takes off his hat, <laughs> takes off his shirt, strides across the airstrip, <laughs> taps Indy on the shoulder, shoulder, and is like, yeah. guy. Let's fight. And he's like, 
<sighs> yeah. Okay. So uh, uh, he and Indy fight while Marion uh, gets into the gun turret of the flying and wing. And starts fucking shooting shit. Yep. yep. Just blowing shit. Gasoline leaks everywhere. She's yeah. shooting troop convoys. It's she, like, great. Uh, bludgeoned the pilot to death with the blocks that yeah. chop the wheels. Yeah. Uh, Indy yeah. and Big Boss Nazi are fighting up, down, all around. Please don't let them hit the ground because then they'll explode. And I mean, they are technically fighting. Like, Indy is hitting him and he bleeds, but I don't think Big Nazi feels pain. No. And if he does, it's like he, a good pain. Like, Indiana Jones will get like a big haymaker off and it just doesn't affect. It doesn't, yeah. Meanwhile, like, Nazi will do like a jab to Indy's face and he'll fall fall down from yeah. it. Yeah. And he's just uh, dead. Eventually, uh, Indy gets a few, like a little combo in. Bad guy knocks him down and he's celebrating his fight and he's like, get up, keep fighting me. I've been waiting all war for a Ooh. fight. And then Indy literally smiles, covers his head. Uh, Nazi man turns around only to get eaten by a plane propeller. Oh. Yep. It's Awesome. It's his, such a yeah, great death. His blood goes everywhere. Yeah, it's it one of history's great deaths. It is really the poem of life because <laughs> he finally gets to do what he feels like he was put on this earth to do. He tastes the sweetness of victory moments before the terror that it will all be taken away. <laughs> I, speaking of history's great deaths, where's that Time Warner box set? <laughs> right? Right? Where's the Criterion collection yeah. of great where's fucking that, deaths. Where's that late night commercial where they're just like, it's just like, <laughs> hi, I'm Martin Mull, and I'm here to talk to you about history's great deaths. There have been a lot of great deaths in movie history. I'm sure you could name a few, but wouldn't you like to see all the best ones curated right for your VHX collection. Well, the American Film Institute is here for you. <laughs> 100 Great Deaths. <laughs> We've got all the classics, including Lincoln at Ford's Theater. Oh, no. <laughs> Six for tyrannies. Uh, and they're, a leg. And like, you just have them like scrolling past like they would like the songs yeah, right, right. that they do. With like the good ones in bold. Yeah, the good yeah. ones are always yellow instead of white. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Guys, we I need to make if, this. If yeah. in like the rights negotiations, uh, if the people buying just the bulk catalog were just like, yeah, 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 yeah. But these ones gots to be in the gold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I'm like, I don't know, man. These seem pretty standard to me. I, gold or no deal. Right. Yeah, like the people that are in we the... We can't tarnish the reputation of these great scenes. Yeah, like like the guy from The Turtles is like, if Happy Together's not in gold, I'm coming to your house and I'm going to kill your family. <laughs> and they're like, whoa, but... Yeah, the whole song's about being happy together. That's with me and my wife. <laughs> Not me killing your family. All right, it's just, okay, so we'll have it in gold and we'll play a little bit of it over the... No, 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 no. I didn't say you could play any of you it. You don't play my fucking music. <laughs> right. You play my music, I'm going back in time and killing your family's family. Right. Happy together will only be in that great sequence and Ernest goes to camp. <laughs> Actually, there's a really good sequence in uh, Netflix's Umbrella Academy of oh, yeah, uh, Happy yeah. Together. It's, it's a good song. Uh, covered by My Chemical Romance's Gerard Way. 
creator of Umbrella creator Academy. Of Umbrella Academy. Well, good for him. Interestingly enough, when Gerard Way went to the guy from the Turtles to get the rights to Happy Together, nothing happened because I'm sure he didn't go to them. Well, here's the thing. He went to them and... It was he... a great callback to the whole Dire Straits Weird Al thing and it just didn't work out. All he, <laughs> he went to them uh, and the turtles were just like, yeah, I'm going to kill your family. He just pushed the turtle on his back and he couldn't get out. <laughs> <laughs> Problem solved. Right. Gave him a little bit of lettuce so that he wouldn't die. <laughs> Good enough. he was gone. So, Indy and Marion... Uh, Escape the plane just before it explodes from the gasoline. Yeah. Uh, and they meet up with uh, Sala again. And now their plan is to... Uh, the Nazis have put the Ark on a truck. And yeah. then he's like, well, I'm getting that fucking truck. Yeah, so he gets on a horse. And then it goes horse v. truck chase. Yeah. Then he gets on the truck, beats a couple guys up. Then it becomes truck v. car chase. Uh, and then, then there's a, one of them like tandem motorcycles. Yeah. There's yeah. cars. There's the tandem motorcycle. Yeah. It's and then truck v. vehicles. Yeah, yeah, and then the soldiers that have been in his truck the whole time finally yeah. climb out and like cockroach their way over to him. Yeah, he Indy beats gets, all those guys up, and he gets shot in the arm. Right. Yeah, and he, he gets uh, thrown through the windshield and has to like go under the truck and yeah. climb all the way back around. by the Paul Hogan Nazi. Yeah, by yeah. Paul Hogan Nazi. Uh, but eventually, Indy Indy wins and he runs. Disposes Paul, all of them. Yeah, he runs Paul Hogan Nazi over there with his knows. truck. Correct. Uh, and runs the bad guy Nazis off the road and uh, takes the Ark of the Covenant. And so him and Sala and and Marion uh, make their way to the, the get on a boat, the Tramp Steamer, the Bantu Wind, the Bantu Wind, yeah, captain by Captain Tahega, Kahega, Katanga, 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 Kahega is Tapanga, yep, from Boy Meets World, Katanga. No, Kahega is from Congo. Yeah, that's why I'm confusing them. They're very similar movies, right? Uh, so they're on the boat. Uh, Miriam dresses Indy's wound. Uh, he passes out, and they somehow have sex. Yeah, no, I, I think, think she just gets sex. naked in the bed with him. All right, gotcha. I'll take that. He definitely doesn't have sex with her because he's like, "Oh, it's not the years; it's the mileage." Uh, and she's about to kiss him, and he just like collapses because yeah, you know passes out. He's had a very busy day. Yeah, blood loss and all that. Yeah. Did get dragged by a truck and shot. Uh, but he does wake up to the dulcet tones of the emergency uh, alarm on the ship because there's a U-boat full of Nazis. That's right. Uh, incidentally, it's the same uh, U-boat mock-up that was used in the movie Das Boot. Oh, good for that movie. Yeah. No. Good old Das Boot. The U-581. Did you guys ever want to see Das Boot hunt for Red October? Because I think that's a great crossover. And then the mm. Widowmaker comes in. Yeah. Oh, and man. then the U-571. Hell yeah. <laughs> Get all and then fucking, oh, fucking down Periscope shows up. Right? <laughs> With its noisy diesel sub. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, in the Navy, <laughs> smash, blow a it's like tattoo on my dick, I'm Kelsey Grammer. It's like when uh, when they did, I think it was Godzilla Destroy All Monsters, where the 1998 American Godzilla shows up just in time to get laser blasted nice. by uh, real Godzilla. Nice. Godzilla Final Wars, John. That's right. How dare you? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Is that the one that has the motorcycle kung fu ninjas? Uh, yes, it is. What a great fucking movie, you guys. It is. <laughs> So good. Oh, wow. You can tell uh, uh, the best Godzilla movies mix great kaiju fight with the most bananas human story going <laughs> yeah. on. Because for a while, like when they first start out, it's all the people looking on 
in horror as to what these kaiju were doing and right. like trying to figure out how to evacuate and escape. Yeah, it's just like government bureaucrats. Yeah. Yeah. Then there's this weird stretch of period where Godzilla becomes like a family movie kind of character. Right. And like there's a lot of And he of... fights for mankind. Right. right. And he always befriends children. Yes. It's Godzilla very loves weird. children. Yeah, but then in the tail end it like loops right back on itself like the last well, then, couple Toho movies. Yeah, well then Godzilla becomes kind of like a Punisher-esque anti-hero. He's not yeah. necessarily bad. Well, basically, like, aliens come down and start reviving other kaiju, so Godzilla just becomes like the lesser of two evils. Right. But he will protect his planet. But that's when Toho found out Oh, the people scenes can also be batshit crazy. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I think Godzilla 2000 has, like, bad guy. Like I think there's, the, like, robots in that movie. There's Well, there are aliens who come down in a spaceship, and they're like, we come in peace. And they're like, awesome. And then they make a super kaiju, and they're like, oh, no. Yeah. Then Godzilla kills the kaiju, and it ends with, like, the main bad guy in the movie like, staring at Godzilla from his fucking balcony window in his office <laughs> and, like, yelling at Godzilla, and Godzilla yells at him. And there's a voiceover uh, in the uh, English dub, and it's just like, the lesson I learned was that there's a little Godzilla in all of us. <laughs> then it says, the end. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Credits. Fantastic. It's uh, the only Godzilla I saw in the theaters. Toho Godzilla. Yeah. Uh, so anyways... Uh, the ship is being taken over by uh, Nazi subs. Indy hides in their, like, sort of thing. They're, like, smokestack yeah, thing. Yeah. I don't know what you call those. Yeah, so the Marian, Nazis, they they capture Miriam and the Ark, the Ark of the Covenant, and they get on the submarine, and uh, the captain's just like, we gotta find Indy and tell him what happened. And they're like, I see where Indy is. And he's climbing up on the submarine. Yeah, he's yep. pulling a Johnny Weissmuller and yeah. swimming all the way over like, there. Fuck it, that is an, a pre, that was a period-appropriate swimming reference. <laughs> nice. You're welcome. Nice. He'd also go on to play Tarzan. Woo! <laughs> Lord Greystoke, <laughs> who would later be played in his first English language appearance by Christopher Lambert. Perfect. Nice. Star of Highlander. Highlander. Yeah. A movie we've done. Right. Yeah. And co-starring uh, Sean, Connery, Sean Connery, who plays, plays Indy's, Indy's dad. dad. Yeah. Yep. Good work, Oh, guys, sorry. I just did some real quick math. That means in the Indiana jones verse, Shia LaBeouf's granddad is Sean Connery. Yes. Ew. Uh, also, in the Sean, in the Indy universe, uh, Sean Connery, Indy's mom, is just as young compared to Indy's dad as Marion is to Indy. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. The whole family's all about sleeping with young women. Blah. Yep. And sometimes father and son sleep with the same woman. Correct. Ooh. And she dies by reaching for cup. Yeah. Suicide by cup reaching. Yep. Yep. The, the knight told her not to do that. The knight but, did tell her. Hey, he clearly told her. In her defense, it was real close. Yeah. yeah. It's like right out of reach. <laughs> uh, yeah. Her finger even touches it a little and bit. Yeah. It's a really important cup. Very nice cup. Yeah. yeah. Top quality cup. Yeah. True. Solid gold on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's solid gold in these movies. Even Couple the dancers. Correct. Solid gold. Yo, solid no. gold dancers. Goldfinger, stop stop turning those dancers into solid gold. Uh, so, uh, so anyways, Indy swims to the submarine. Uh, and then just casually to, rides it to the next place yeah, they go. He Correct. fucking Teen Wolf surfs on top of yeah. it to a little island outside of, Gre- right. of Greece. He's just sitting up there waiting for his cigarettes to dry. Yeah. Yep. So he get, they get to Greece. 
they go to this little island. They set up the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, Balak needs Balak? to do uh, like a Jewish ritual to basically like make sure that they can open the covenant without. Yeah, yeah. it's not really made super clear why You're they need to. Supposed to know. to know this from Bible school is yeah. why. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. there's like a whole big thing about how if you're not pure or righteous or something and you look at it, it'll kill you. Well, you think you're really righteous, you think you're pure, pure of heart, heart but, but you know, I'm a million times as humble as thou art. I'm the kind of guy, the little omelets want to be like on my knees day and night, score points in the afterlife. So don't be vain and don't be whiny, or else my brother, I might have to get medieval on your hiney. I've been spending most of our lives living in an Amish paradise. I don't know yeah. why I started doing it like Michael McDonald at the end there, but whatever. That's fine. That was a good change. Yeah, thanks. I uh, Weird Al is just all over this podcast about yeah. Indiana Jones. You know what? Because he's fucking great and he deserves to be. No, yes. I am. I do like want to look up the IMDb trivia for like the weird little priest that does oversee it because he doesn't look like anything I have ever seen before. And I have actually seen that some is, like old Orthodox priests. I think it is Belloc. It's Belloc. He's just yeah. wearing is, like. Is it Belloc yeah. as the priest? Yes. He's just doubling down on. I don't think he knows what a Jewish priest looks like. I don't think he does. I don't think he knows I'm a rabbi I don't think he's ever seen a rabbi before in his life so he wears like a turban and like a fucking like Darth Vader uh, like console on his yeah. chest. Well, he's wearing like what like looks like jewels or like something. A, like an Egyptian pharaoh costume. Yeah. And he's got a big weird. like golden staff. Yeah. Well, he like clearly goat's head. It's real. Yeah. It's well something. he watched that fucking uh, Prince of Egypt animated movie with <laughs> yeah. Val Kilmer. That makes sense. And was like oh that's what that's, that's, that's what it. Moses looked like. Well, okay. Done. Yeah. yeah. Prince of Egypt. Was that Don Bluth? Uh, ooh, I, don't I don't know. know. I think it was Don Bluth. It, it's it's a non Disney. It's it a non Disney animation movies that looks a lot like a Disney animation. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was that, Don Bluth. Wasn't it 20th Century Fox? Maybe. Yeah, because aren't they sure. the same people that did like Anastasia? Yeah, I that think was, like, so. The same yeah. idea. Or Sony or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, so Belloc begins uh, chanting. They got Indian Marion tied up to this pole. Now, what I really like about this scene is, like, the Nazis are like, do we really have to do this Jewish ritual? It kind of goes against, you know, us being Nazis. And Balak is like, look, I just want to be, like, 100% sure that this is going to work. You can take it back to Berlin if you're so sure. And they're like, all right, fine. Uh, So all the Nazis are, like, watching this Jewish ritual. And they kind of get a look on them like, oh, that's what Judaism is. Oh, that doesn't seem so bad. No. Yeah. <laughs> the hell are we being Nazis for? Yeah. <laughs> uh, they open the thing. They open the Ark of the Covenant. It's, it's just sand. It's just sand. Uh, the, until the, it's not. Yeah, until it turns into fucking wraiths. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then it's fucking wraiths. Uh, Indy yells to Marion. Some good frighteners. Uh, not to stare at it. Don't, don't look, look at it. it. Don't, don't look at it. Close your eyes. That's a huge thing. You, got, yeah. you can't look at it. Uh, meanwhile, these the the ghost of a beautiful woman comes right up to one of those Nazi soldiers, and he's like, "Ooh!" And it super is the blowjob ghost from Ghostbusters. It's straight up the blowjob yeah. ghost from Ghostbusters. Except, except, except then it turns into a skull face with vampire fangs. Right. And then it uh, lightning it, like, takes over Belloc, and from Belloc shoots lightning yeah, at all the other Nazis. Every, everybody else, Yellow yeah. force lightning out at everybody, and it forms chain reactions, and everyone gets little ET heart lights on their, right. yeah. their guts. And then they all melt. They all yeah, they all explode, uh, and then the Nazis' faces melt. Uh, in a super awesome practical effect, and then yeah. Belloc's head, head scanners and blows, blows up, yeah. up. <laughs> and then all the Nazis are swirled up into a little like windstorm, yeah, and they, they all get, get s- dumped back down into well, the no, 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 they're, they're not in a pit. They go to heaven. 
<laughs> no. To be judged by God. No, because what I they, guess they haven't been judged yet. <laughs> they take all the souls together because the covenant knows it needs to put the lid back on itself. But the most efficient way it knows how to do that is to lift it into the clouds <laughs> with souls <laughs> and let it drop just right. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, off this Nazi, off that Nazi, nothing but net. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> I do love, I do actually really would love to see, uh, like, it, uh, Quentin Tarantino did a comic book sequel to Django Unchained where Django meets up with Zorro, and it's fucking rad as hell. <laughs> I desperately wish there could be a sequel or midquel to Inglorious Bastards where Indiana Jones teams up with Aldo Rain. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it couldn't be a sequel because of how that movie ends. Right. But like, well, it could oh be, It man. could be a sequel to an indie movie, but it'd have to be a prequel like to, yeah, 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 to yeah, the yeah. Inglorious Bastards. Right. Oh, that'd be so cool. It would be pretty awesome. Uh, so anyways, uh, Indy and Marion uh, get free of their thing. They, uh, uh, we cut back to the mainland America at the college where the government is just like, look, you're not getting the Ark. I know we said you were going to have it, but we changed our mind. We're going to research it. Top men. Here's some money. Shut the fuck up. Yep. <laughs> Credits. Uh, well, no. Indy comes out and Marion's like, you're so mad. Why are you so mad? He's like, they took my box. Yeah. And she's like, shut up. Don't worry. Maybe we'll get married in 20 years. Yeah, she's like, let's go get a drink. And he's like, I... He literally puts his head down, sticks his elbow. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I, like, like I mean, if I'm right. stuck with you, fine. Right. But one Ooh. day I'm going to fuck a Nazi. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. All right, do you think the, quote, date they go on to get that drink ends in the night that he conceives Shia LaBeouf? Buh! Does the timeline add up to that? Because he's like 19 or 20. But he's in high school. No. He's like just out of high school. His whole thing is, I don't want to go to college. And he's like, you're going to college. Maybe? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Because, like, 36, well, 36 plus 18 is 44, 54. Yeah. So when does the movie take place? In the 50s. During right. the Red Scare. All right. I'm checking right now. Yeah. Sounds like it's LaBeouf. I think we have a caller from Canada that's trying to get some information oh, on this ooh. podcast. I'm trying to patch her through. Yes, caller, you're on the air. I could swear in the monkey swinging movie that she mentioned... <laughs> She mentions that he leaves her at some point. Yes. I think they're together for a stretch. Yeah, so I'm looking it up. Uh, uh, it uh, takes place in 1957. Uh, so they're not going to conceive for three more years after this movie. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three to four years. So, gotcha. yeah, yeah, yeah. All so right. they do have the beginnings of a healthy relationship before we know he that it's over. Her. Yeah, we know that it's over pre-Last Crusade. Uh, that's when I'm going to check when Last Crusade happens. Uh, that takes place... During um, the war, I think. Oh, thank you, caller. Th- thank you for that dynamite drop. Yeah. All right, so that takes place in 1938. So two years later, he's apparently already broken up with Marion. So gotcha. that puts... So if we say 1937 is when Mutt was born... Yeah, that puts it right there in that. So he's not 20 years old. So he's yeah. a couple years out of high school yeah. even then. Yeah. Unless he was fucking dumb. I mean, Which, I've seen that movie. Shia LaBeouf. He's pretty fucking dumb. Right. No, the, but the movie goes...
goes out of its way to let you know that he's actually super smart. He just doesn't give a shit. Because he's a greaser. The movie also super goes out of its way to say, no, he's not going to be the next Indiana Jones. That's true. Yeah. What are you, high? It's Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with you idiots? There's a perfectly good Chris Pratt waiting around the corner. Uh, that was the rumor at the time. Yeah, a little Eventually, bit of the shine yeah. has been taken off because of his church. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, so anyways, that's the end of the movie. The credits roll. Oh, yeah, and then the red line goes from the theater to the bathroom. <laughs> the uh, All of the music in this, composed by the great John Williams, the only piece that is not just a direct ripoff of a Star Wars piece is the Indiana Jones theme. Right. Everything else is straight out of it's Star Wars outtakes. Yeah, yeah. The Marion Indie Romance theme is the same exact music as the like Leia theme yeah. from uh, from Star Wars. Sure. Uh, and Empire Strikes Back. Uh, so that's it for uh, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. We'll be right back with bullet points. Whip sound, gunshot. And our very first bullet point is body count. Body count. It belongs in a museum. You know, there was definitely a point in this movie where I was like, oh crap, I should probably pay attention to how many people he's killed. I think he was on the horse at the time. <laughs> I was well, like, ooh, we're starting to rack up some kills. Patrick, what do you think the body count of Raiders of the Lost Ark is? Uh, I'm going to go with 31. Well, okay, John, what do you think? We'll go with 27. Oh, all right. Damn. Well, you went, uh, you both went fairly conservative. Uh, playing by Price's Right rules, whoever's closest wins. Patrick, you're the winner. <laughs> the body counts is 84. Wow. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Right? Well, you gotta remember, like, 30 Nazis get their fucking heads blowed up and melted. Oh, yeah. Like, a lot of them do. There's a lot of Nazis at the end there. Uh, Indy shoots a lot of people. Yeah, Marion yeah. shoots a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like I said, he was on the horse. I was like, I feel like I haven't been counting. <laughs> yeah. They run over Paul Hogan Nazi. Yeah, yeah, they do. Which is gonna lead us into our next bullet point, Best Kill. John, what do you think the best kill of Raiders of the Lost Ark is? Now, Mark, I'm gonna give you an well, opportunity. I'm gonna give you an opportunity here, Mark. Are you sure you don't want to start? Well, I, I feel like are you sure no. you don't want to start? This? Objection! 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 I feel like there should be a rule, and that rule is big pile of Nazi getting propellered can't be chosen. <laughs> Because it's clearly one of cinema's greatest deaths. Right? Yeah, right. It's right like, up there it's like when on we said, this amazing list brought to you by the <laughs> right. people of Time it's like Warner. When we said it, your best, uh, your best martial arts actor that isn't Bruce Lee. Yeah. yeah. Your best death in a movie <laughs> that isn't Pilo Nazi getting propellered. Yeah, it's the number. It's probably the number two propeller death in movie history, right after Propeller Man and Titanic. <laughs> and Propeller Man gets it because he falls off the whole the Titanic, Titanic and then hits it and goes. Freak! I'm trying to remember, was there a propeller death in the Rocketeer? Ooh, no, because he has a rocket. Sure, but there's a big like blimp battle yeah, at the end with a big oh, propeller. Maybe, yeah. propelling. maybe. Uh there's like fucking John Locke from Lost, doesn't he get like kicked into a propeller in the Don't movie? ever do that to Terry O'Quinn. <laughs> well, he was a Nazi. Well, he was probably had reasons. <laughs> Terry O'Quinn was a Nazi? In The Rocketeer. Oh, is he? I thought he was Howard Hughes. I don't remember that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was a 
bad guy. He had a mustache. Well, Howard Hughes I mean, was questionable fair. on good guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, all right. Best kill, John. That's not uh, Propeller Man. That's not <laughs> Propeller Man. Because sure. clearly... Uh, I'm going to go for all them Nazis getting lightninged into Nazi goo. Yeah. Wrath of God, good kill. That's a good kill. God lasers, one of the best weapons. Yeah. Correct. And it's old-fashioned, but new and hip at the same time. That's right. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I like it a lot. It's just, it's an incredibly good special effect. Uh, it's a very effective climax to a movie that barely has a story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's uh, true. And just the, the sheer iconography of it that has like you can buy candles that melt faces like in them Nazis yeah, yeah. as great plus they have E.T. heart lights yeah, yeah. like every like every single like layer of that is amazing yeah. the people getting shot by the electricity all of their guns exploding yeah, yeah. the the faces melting and then Belloc just scannering well yeah. the the regular Nazis they don't their faces don't melt their they, their eyes, eyes burn out of their out. Yeah. of their skull but their faces don't melt that's safe for the two like Nazi head goons exactly like i love that the lightning has a sense of storytelling priority right it, it is god lightning yeah <laughs> And as we all know, God has a great sense of humor. Right. right. It's not a trap, he said. He's actively killing those people. <laughs> yeah. Because that's Old Testament God. Yeah. He got right. his hands dirty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is They are. It is the Jewish God. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. There's also that. It <laughs> yeah. is the God of Abraham killing Nazis. Yeah. So he's like having some funsies there. <laughs> uh, yeah. Patrick, best kill. I'm going to go with one of the back of the truck goons. And what I like about the kill is at some point this guy, he gets into the cab and he fights with Indy. I don't remember if he's the guy that shoots him or not. But he ends up hanging on to the door. As the passenger door, as uh, Indy is trying to drive him off this cliff. And I like the kill so much because he clearly dies of having his knees destroyed. <laughs> At some point, he like angles off the side of the cliff and this dude's whole legs just rock. The uh, rock face that they are driving on, and he just lets go and dies because, of course. Man, and yeah. it's, it's hard to rock a rhyme. Yeah. But to rock a rhyme that's right on time, that's Indiana Jones. You know it. Uh, Mark, best kill. I am going to go with, uh, uh, in the initial uh, tavern shootout uh, in Marion's ah, Tavern, Sure. Uh, I'm going to go with the goon that has the flaming arm that is fighting with Indy uh, and then gets shot uh, uh, right in the back of the head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then blood comes out of his mouth. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's mm. awesome. That's a good one. Uh, and Propeller Man. Okay, so moving on. <laughs> we said no. <laughs> Uh, we all said no, and no, Propeller you, Man. Yeah, we said no, but guess who edits the podcast? <laughs> Patrick? Nope. No. Oh. Uh, I don't even know how to use a computer. <laughs> <laughs> it's simple. It's up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA, start, select. No, I don't know where to put in my card. <laughs> <laughs> that's because oh, that's, what, that's what's wrong, Patrick. It's quarters. Oh, shit. It's true. Yeah. I had no idea. You gotta get them in there and then you can pull the rip cords so the engine starts up. <laughs> nice. You only need a card if you're playing an old Neo Geo cabinet. So that way you can play you can play King of Fighters at home and then transfer your information to the arcade. Yeah. That's awesome. Jesus. I, I worked at a video game retail establishment. It's where you would stop if you wanted to buy some games 
And the number would you drop? Would you open up shop? <laughs> Correct. Would you I was a real rough rider. rider. <laughs> uh, oh, but the no. number the number of parents that brought in specifically Nintendo Wii systems saying, oh, "This thing's broken. Can you fix it?" First off, no, I can't. But like, I'll take a look at it. Nine times out of ten, it's because there was a credit card in the disk drive. <laughs> <laughs> And like I would, I would feel something kind of rattling around in there. I would get like my iPhone flashlight. I'd like get some tweezers. I'd be able to most of the times be able to pull it out. And I'm just like, I I think this is your problem. And they're like, Well, where am I supposed to put it when it says input payment method? <laughs> God damn it, people are stupid. <laughs> Those are the people that need to be on history's greatest deaths. I need it. That's good. Uh, uh, Fantastic. So that's going to take us to our next bullet point. Now, since this predates the Geneva Convention and therefore (laughs) we cannot do war crimes, we are forced to do a brand new bullet point. Uh Uh-oh. Favorite mall restaurant. Yes. isn't brand new at all. You shut up and tell me your favorite mall <laughs> restaurant, John. I don't know, P.F. Chang. Yeah, that's not bad. I'm pretty I, sure the only mall restaurant I haven't named from my childhood mall is Manchu Wok. <laughs> I don't think I ever ate there. Oh, I would like to actually amend mine to when I was working at an amusement park Ooh. in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Right. We had a walk and roll. A walk and roll. Oh, yeah. That was very good. Oh, right. And right. we would get so much free and cheap food for being employees. It wasn't like official, but they could see the like dead look in our eyes. They're like, Aw, oh, kid, have some protein. <laughs> <laughs> Manchu Wok is like the, like, isn't like the proto-Panda Express? Something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. It was before the great, like, conglomeration of P.F. Chang's and Panda right. Express. And yeah. uh, what's the other one? Pi Way or something? Pi weight? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's where you would get a bunch of pies based on weight. <laughs> on weight. Oh, I thought it was you the kind of place where you went and you just bought those little metal balls. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. No, you'd say I would like, uh, you would choose your pie and your weight. Okay. So on menu number one, you would check off like apple. And on menu sure. number two, you would check off like 0.3 pounds. Oh, and then they no. give you an apple pie, that, that much of an apple Correct. pie? Or an, a whole apple pie that's that much? No, that much of an apple. Okay. They don't make to order, man. That's no, just expecting too I much. I disagree with this restaurant. I want to go to the salad style pie bar where I pile up a plate full <laughs> of pies. And then I just set it on a scale at the cash register. Yeah, like the Fuddrucker of pies. Yeah. Oh, Fuddruckers should do that. Well, you do it this way with the two menus because it's Fun, you idiots! Uh, this guy. The ooh. F- fucking fun police over Guys, here. Guys, I put a lot of money in this idea. <laughs> I really need My wife doesn't know. Uh, she thinks I'm paying student loans. <laughs> Here's a question. Have either of you eaten at P.F. Chang's before? No. No. Neither oh, of wait, oh, wait, yes, I have. Uh, it was on a recent road trip. Uh, between Chicago and Michigan. I don't remember exactly where it was, but uh, me and my wife were looking, we were like really hungry and we didn't want any of the food that we packed and we're just like, it's the end of the trip. We were coming back from this vacation. So we're like, fuck it. Let's have, let's fill our tummies with cheap, shitty Chinese food. And we stopped at the P.F. Chang's. It Mm. was perfectly fine. Nice. 
I was gonna I, I was gonna be so. I was gonna be disappointed that you were on a road trip and you didn't stop at Cracker Barrel, but then I remembered that you're a vegetarian yeah, there's nothing and there's for nothing me. for there's you nothing, there. Nothing for me there. Yeah, no. Uh I had to say my favorite mall restaurant, and this is just why I brought it up. Uh, the other day, I went to a Sbarro. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, boiled pizza. Delicious. Nice. Mm. Uh, this pizza was not boiled. It was clearly cooked days ago, <laughs> put was... under a heat lamp, and then put into their, like, quote-unquote pizza oven. Yeah. Yeah. It's cooked with farts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just set it near farts until it's cooked. Uh, yeah. I got the, uh, the, the, the stuffed pizza, and when I went up there, I was, oh, like, I was like, what uh, I was like, what's oh. in the stuffed pizza? And the guy went... Meats. <laughs> I was hoping he was going to say pizza. I was hoping. I don't know. <laughs> no. uh, so I got the meats pizza. <laughs> you, know, you got your kangaroo. You, <laughs> you got, got your human. snake. Your alligator. Your raccoon. Yeah, yeah. You know, you got your pheasant. Yeah. Uh, you know, your uh, all sorts of game birds. Right. <laughs> Quail. Uh, you know, all sorts of things. A little bit of dolphin. You know, it gets caught in the net. Yeah, it it gets caught in those pepperoni nets. You know what, what can it you is. Do? What can you do? Yeah, the reason that I call it boiled is because I've only eaten there twice, and both times it was Ooh. so wet. Oh, it's so wet. Well, because it the, sits... It's so wet. Well, because it sits, like, behind a glass partition, yeah. and it's already comes out steaming, and then, like, there's the light over it. So all that yeah. steam turns into condensation on the light, yeah. and then just drips Rains. back down on it. Oh, it just rains. Meanwhile, the heat <laughs> brings out all the moisture in the mozzarella right, right. onto the surface. <laughs> it just turns, yeah, into a wet pizza. It's so That's why it's when so you terrible. get it, they throw it into that oven for a minute to dry it off. <laughs> yeah, right. It ain't to cook it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, Sparrow. Uh, I was just surprised that Sparrow was still real. Oh, good yeah. for them. That's, yeah. that's great that they're still around. Yeah. They kind of got in like right before the uh, like Pizza Huts and Dominoes started really taking over. Yeah. So they just kind of got grandfathered into a lot of their locations. Well, they, they also are like of all those shitty pizza chains. They're one of the only ones that does it by the slice. Right. True. And their big thing was like food courts. Right. Yeah. Like they right. owned food courts. Like you're never going to see a Pizza Hut in a food court. Right. right. Or, or a Domino's in a food yeah. court. You'll have Sbarro. You'll have a Sabaro or and something they're also, like that. Back in the day, they used to be big in uh, ballparks and oh, stadiums yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff. They were concession pizzas. Yeah, now here in the Chicago... Oh, you can't do that nope, shit. Nope, it's all Connie's or Home Run In. Right. And that's the things that we didn't have uselessly designed by celebrity chefs. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I will stand for Wolfgang Puck's pizza. That's right. That's right. The guy from Millennia came up with a hot dog with the same fucking chili on it you can get in a can, but that sucker's thirty dollars. <laughs> yep. Where's that? Is that is that a, a guaranteed rate oh, arrow downfield? That's just a a, a, a nice uh, a sample oh, of gotcha. what happens at both play at both. Gotcha. Plays. And well, at Wrigley at Wrigley Field. Uh, Hot Doug. Hot Doug's, yeah. Has sausages, but they're like normal sausages. Yeah. They're just Hot Doug branded. Yeah. And I think they're only like a dollar more than the regular hot dog. Right. They're not like 30 bucks. <laughs> they're like 24. You know, a dollar <laughs> yeah. more than a regular hot dog. Right, yeah. Hot Doug's 23. I got a tall boy old style at the ballpark when we went to the game the other night and it was $9. Oh, so, yeah. Jesus. No, when I go to guaranteed rate, it's like $10 for a Budweiser. Right? It's crazy. Uh. Uh, so anyways, that's going to take us to our final bullet point. Is this an action movie? Is this an action movie? John, is this an action movie? 
Yes, uh, I would say this is probably uh, the of the Indiana Jones oeuvre. Uh, this mm. is the one that leans closest to action movie and furthest away from action adventure. Mm. Yeah, I'd say I feel that's like all true. the other movies kind of take on more of an adventure flair, whereas Especially this one, Temple of Doom. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas and this Crusade, one is um, Last Crusade's pretty adventurous too. But, but Crusade Definitely. has a lot of fun action beats to it. Temple of Doom has like it's mostly just like. Let's go to a far-flung place and yeah. be racist. How yeah. else are we going to give Harrison Ford a herniated disc if we don't make him ride an elephant? True facts. Yeah, or fight giant super bats. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this movie is very much action sequences with just a threadbare, we go here next now, go. Yeah. yeah. This this movie is like the template for all MacGuffin-esque movies afterwards. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They should just call the movies like Indiana Jones and The MacGuffin. Well, this movie does not even have Indiana Jones in its title. It is right. just Raiders, Raiders of the Lost, Lost Ark. Ark. Well, well, now it does. So Indiana like, Jones yeah. and the Raiders of yeah, the but like Lost Ark. But the actual title card in the movie yes. is still Lost just Lost the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Yes, but now yeah. if you were to buy the movie, it's the full Indiana title is yeah. Indiana Jones and sure. the Raiders of the Lost Ark. But it's Ark. very, like, this was very clearly just like a one-off passion project, like goof around For movie. sure. Well, the way this movie came to be was that Steven Spielberg ran into George Lucas on the beach in Hawaii because yeah. George Lucas just Had did Star Wars. Open Star Wars. And it was huge, yeah. and he couldn't handle the popularity. And Steven Spielberg was in the middle of shooting Close Encounters and just took a three week vacation in the middle because yeah. he made Jaws. He does what he wants. Yeah. <laughs> and he ran to George Lucas, and Steven Spielberg was like, I want to make a James Bond movie. And Lucas was like, Well, I got a better idea. Yeah. What if we put a fedora on that James Bond? I give him a whip. Nah. And Steven Spielberg <laughs> was like, Do you have a script? And George Lucas was like, Yep. <laughs> and then he promptly shit one out. Just uh, and it turned out he did not. <laughs> well, yeah. He, again, he called Lawrence Kasdan. Uh, what I love about this is that Lucas had hired Lawrence Kasdan to do uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark uh, because, unfortunately, his regular writing partners uh, was it the Brackets? What was their last name? Uh, it was like a Lee husband Brackett, and wife team. Maybe, uh... But she had like died in a car accident shortly after. Star Wars. Oh, that's uh, terrible. Uh, and she had done a lot of the script work on Star Wars. So he was just like, all right, I guess the next name in the big book of screenwriters, Lawrence Kasdan, sure, good enough. Hey, Lawrence, write Raiders of the Lost Ark. And he's like, all right, cool. And before he had just handed in Raiders of the Lost Ark, and Lucas was like, hey, write Empire Strikes Back. And Lawrence was like, don't you want to read the script that I just wrote for Raiders of the Lost Ark first? No. <laughs> this looks long enough to be a screenplay, so I trust you. That sounds like George Lucas. Uh, Patrick, is Raiders of the Lost Ark an action movie? I'm going to go yeah. I'm going to go yeah because there's a bunch of... Uh, there's just too many iconic fight sequences in this film for it not to be. Because not only is Big Pile of Nazi iconic, but as we discussed, Sword Guy is iconic. The whole street scene is iconic. And there is like constant action as they go from place to place. And they only go from place to yeah, place. Right. They don't stay anywhere. I think uh, Spielberg at this point had scientifically calculated the attention span of a average human being. Yeah. Yeah, and it was a little faster than Jaws. 
But better than 1941. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. He had to overgo in each direction yeah, right, right. before he could really hone in on it. Good, straight. Uh, Mark, is Raiders of the Lost Ark an action movie? Absolutely, I think it is. Yeah. Again, like Patrick, like you were saying, I think it has some iconic action beats. The market uh, chase shootout and everything. Absolutely. The propeller man Nazi you know, you know, punch and fight. That plane blows up is super cool. Uh, and then faces melting. That's oh, something yeah. that you see in a lot of action movies is a lot of face melting. And that doesn't mention the Nepal fight or the big truck chase, which right. are both and, yeah. great action And that, And this movie has everything. Yeah. It's got yeah. knives, guns, swords, chases, whips. horses, whips, uh, jaunty hats, Nazis. Supernatural weapons. Yeah. 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 God yeah. anger. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, God giving you, know, you the crazy eyes. For as much as people love to like point out plot holes and Deus Ex Machina, God literally comes out of a machine at the end of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Not only does he do that, and he kills all the Nazis. <laughs> if you'll notice, he also burns their bindings. When yeah. they open their eyes, Indiana Jones shows the audience the burnt rope yep. <laughs> yeah. in his hand because God done set him free. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think, like, because in uh, Last Crusade, when he's getting the Holy Grail, he has to go through all those trials. Do you think maybe he could have just, like, knocked on the temple door and just been like, I, I kept my eyes closed during the covenant? No, no. That Is that was good enough? Old covenant. Now he's got to go new covenant. Oh, That's right. No. Yeah, it's new covenant. Yeah, all it's right. like when they update it's basically your security a... and you have to do your passwords all over again. It is basically a different god. <laughs> yeah, yeah, practically. Yeah, I mean, not actually, but practically. It's it's like how it's like how Zeus is also Jupiter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's gonna do it. Uh, final reviews of Raiders of the Lost Ark. John, what a perfectly good movie. Patrick, oh yeah, totally holds up. Goofball action movie. When I was a kid, goofball action movie as an adult. Mark, uh, my favorite Indiana Jones movie, uh, and one of my favorite movies of my childhood, a top ten film for me. Love it. That's going to do it for this episode of Body Counts and Beer. I'm Mark Rosendahl. I'm Patrick Bromley. I'm better than Crystal Skull, John Rooney Taylor. And we'll see you next time. I actually like Crystal Skull. It's okay. It's fine. It's fine. It's a perfectly fine movie. Patrick didn't have to whip it on the way out. We didn't no. have to <laughs> go full Devo. I did. I gotta go get it's it now. Necessary. It's got whip marks on it. Listen, we'll just let it whip. Now whip it, baby. Oh, whip it. All right. Let it whip. That's the Daz Band. Body Counts and Beer is Patrick Terminus Bromley, John Backfire Rooney Taylor, and Mark Animal Behavior Rosenthal. Please subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a rating or review. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at BodyCountCast, or email us at BodyCountsAndBeer at gmail.com.